everybody to another exciting, amazing, wonderful, stupendous, fantastic, indubitably well episode of Clock Radio Speakers. You did not I'm, go indubitably well. I did do indubitably. <laughs> I should have did fantastically well and the whole Behold the Lady thing. Yeah, for, for those that. who don't know, we're referencing all uh, five of you who didn't buy that album. Uh, we're referencing <laughs> of, uh, is that the, it's, what's the name of the interlude off? Uh, uh, Behold, I think it's Behold the Lady. Is it called right? Behold the Lady? Yeah. Yeah. All right. Anyway, yes. welcome to Clock Radio Speakers. Uh, last week we did the uh, first part of the Bad Boy retrospective. This week it's uh, part two, and there's going to be a part three. Um, part so, three. you know, if you haven't already heard uh, part one, please go listen to that right now, clockradiospeakers.com. Uh, I am your co host, Doc. Uh, hit me up on Twitter, Doc underscore beats, S not a Z. I'm sitting here with my man Armand. Armand, wake up, A R M O N D, wake up, all one word. Hit us up on iTunes. Uh, also hit us up dpsradio.com. Also facebook.com slash clock radio speakers. The like, the like, et cetera, et cetera. Um, a lot of really dope feedback for this episode, right? Yeah, I got some good, I got some uh, interesting follow up, some um, sort of notes, stuff we might have missed, stuff we sort of got a little wrong, but not yeah. that much. So I'll say this much. I was really, I don't know about you, I was really motivated. Like, the feedback I got from the Death Row episode really made me, like, take this, the bad, excuse me, the bad boy stuff a lot, a lot, uh, made me take it more seriously. So I really, like, huh? studied. And I feel like, I mean, we covered a lot of ground. We talked a lot. I think we missed a couple things, maybe. Yeah, um, the, the real interesting thing, and I don't know if it was, you know, there was a lot of chatter about uh, the reason why, you know, the fact that, um, Biggie's verse on Flavin' Your Ear was potentially about Craig Mack. Yeah. And then, you know, the fact that, you know, apparently Craig Mack was supposed to sign a Death Row East. and Yeah, so I want to talk about know. that real quick. So, okay. number one, anytime I, whether or not that's even true, we'll get to in a second, but anytime I ever hear a rapper or uh, a label mogul, as they used to be called, I don't even know if those exist anymore, really, <laughs> aside from Baby, um, right. you know, Anytime I ever heard like, oh, we're about to open name of label and then like the, uh, you know, like our regional Region. offshoot, I'm always Bad rolling my eyes and I'm like, yeah, when has that ever worked? Bad Boy South. I, did that really work though? I mean, you, Jam South. And I'm going to say again, aside from Jeezy, did that ever do anything? Boys in the hood. Yeah, we I don't all know how that turned Jeezy. out. Um, yeah, exa- um, no, I mean, that's, that's, that a, that's a, that's a decent point though. But anytime, like to me, that's, there's a certain, we've talked about this a little bit before, but there's like a certain pattern of watch as labels and or crews go through. There's like a progression of hip hop crews and labels, right? It's, sure. they get their peak, then they start adding too many members. Sure. And if they can survive that, then you're going to hear about expansion. You are. Yeah. Cause I mean, look at G unit, you know, classic example. Right. Classic example. Death Row had the same thing. Rockefeller, they couldn't even get past the huge expansion. That was, you know, when they were adding people left and right, that was the, that was, you know, part of the problems. Yeah, yeah, but, yeah. you know, uh, so if, if we ever hear about um, Cash Money, uh, Cash Money North or whatever. <laughs> cash Money East or something like that. Yeah, if, yeah you know, if, um, yeah. Because yeah, there's rumors that Freeway was signing the Cash Money at one point. That's what I had heard. Yeah, but at that, it was first. It was Cash Money, then it was um, D, and then I was hearing. I, I heard. I heard a few whispers of MMG, and that was it. I mean, aren't this? Aren't those same group of people rumored, rumored with every rapper that gets talked about signing? I mean, 
What else is out yeah. there? <laughs> Nobody yeah, ever cares they, if it's like, oh, I heard Def Jam. Oh, I heard Atlantic. It's always, you know, what sub-label are they signing to? Yeah, it's funny how, um, it's interesting how, like, I'll use, of course, Armand manages to slide Rick Ross in another episode of Clock Radio Speakers. It's interesting how Maybach Music Group is doing an MMG West and they're signing Nipsey Hussle and they are rumored to be signing Dom Kennedy. Wait, they're really but, doing an MMG West? Yeah. Are really they calling doing... it MMG West? Yes, they are. Okay, can I set the clock right <laughs> now for when they will start to fall apart? Yeah, I give them Self Made Volume 2, I give them Meek's album, Ross's album, and whatever drops after that, and that's it. And I'm not even trying to be cynical because, I mean, if if you're talking about sort of the subgenre of Southern hip-hop, quote-unquote, as a whole, and that's kind of weird to say because Meek isn't from the South, but sonically, it's quote-unquote Southern. Um, MMG's been doing some good stuff, a lot of really good stuff, right? You heard not all... the album pools today? No, I didn't even hear it yet. I've been busy. Nope. Yeah, exactly. Um, and again, you know, Wale is from D.C., so I don't even know if you want to call it the South. That's actually a whole other oh, conversation. Yeah, that's, I don't know what the – yeah. <laughs> any, Shout out to Sean. <laughs> what up? But anyway, um, I'm not knocking them necessarily. I'm just saying right. like, you know, if the pattern holds true and if someone can point out to me in a situation where it didn't hold true, the only thing I can possibly think of is something like Def Jam where they had like Def Soul for a while. Yeah. And then, yeah. But Def Jam, that – of course, for everything, I mean, that is the, that is the like longest standing sort of icon of hip hop. Sure. Right. That is hip hop. Yeah, Aside, you think of, unless you yeah. think MMG is going to be the next Def Jam, in which case, man, I want <laughs> yeah. to tell you, then, you know, they're going through all the stages, right? If they start signing veteran rappers who haven't had a hit in five years. Right. MOP. <laughs> Poor MOP. Mob, Mob D. Yeah, definitely. If they, it'd be um, interesting. If they start signing Southern artists who haven't had a hit in a while, then you know it, it's a problem. And I understand why they sort of do it, right? They sort of start to fall in love with their own hit-making power. And they go, sure. hey, we got Wale and Meek to pop off. I can take veteran rapper X, hook him up to the Rick Ross beat Absolutely. machine, and <laughs> we're going to have you know hit number one. I mean, it's sort of like what Cash Money is sort of doing, I think, with Busta, although he's still doing – Kind of, ha- he now has a weird niche carved out a little bit sonically. It's but butter, butter niche. Yeah, and that, that look at me now could be both the greatest and the worst thing to happen to him. And then, sure. Um, but you, I mean, you heard it when they had that mystical single, right? They hooked him right up to the T minus uh, B sure. factory. And you haven't heard anything about that record ever since that day it leaked. Well, we'll see what. Yeah, exactly. What's the point <laughs> of leaking a record oh. high ninety seven if you're not gonna? Well, that's a whole story. Um, but yeah, so you, th- you so, so crews start to fall in love with that thing, right? Where they're like, sure. oh, we could bring whoever and like it happened with G Unit. Oh, we will bring whoever in, we'll throw some fifty written hooks on it, boom, there we go. But it it, it never works that well. It didn't work. It didn't work. What do you speaking of uh, deals and before we get to the, the bad boy thing, what do yeah, you think we're of so uh, off topic, right? I know we're so off topic, but it's all good because bad boy did this, so ha. Um so what do you think of uh two chain signing to fake signing to Dev Jam? What's going on with that? I, I have been, I've honestly been immersed in the world of like mid to late 90s uh, <laughs> bad boy. I have no idea what's going on right now. All right. So basically, 2 Chains, which really bothers me, uh, sold out SOBs last night, packed, packed house. Yeah, I, was re- I, I could see uh, certain parts of my Twitter timelines that are blowing up. Yeah. Did you see the uh, – there's a really good article in the smoking section about a lot of the people who were there were kind of like – 
you know, uh, culture, culture leeches. Okay. Like it wasn't because they were, I mean, there was a point where big, there was a point where two chains did spend it, which is biggest record. And like, it got a half hearted response. So a lot of people were there like almost because that was the thing to do. Like, yeah, because they're know. like, oh, two chains. He's the next uh, D boy rapper up from the door. Sure. I mean, but that always happens. Like, think about all the artists within the last year or so who have done SOBs and then it's done wonders for their career. Slaughterhouse, Kendrick Lamar, Dom Kennedy, ASAP Rocky. Like, that's where you go. It's almost like the, the it's the Madison Square Garden for blog rappers. <laughs> I was gonna say the tunnel for blog rappers, but yeah, no, I, I wouldn't. I wouldn't dare. After the the stories I've heard about, well, you know, I mean, you know what I mean. I mean, yeah, yeah, I, yeah, yeah, no, no, no. You're absolutely right. Because if you go on YouTube, you ever went on YouTube and saw those old tunnel videos? Nah, I've read all the stories, yeah. which are great. Yeah, they have a bunch of videos. Uh, the choke no joke dude, uh, pause. He uh he uploaded a bunch of performance videos and stuff from. I mean, he's got Cameron and DMX doing Pull It. They got Horse and Carriage. They've got, you know, the locks doing Wild Out, like just right in that prom. So, but you're absolutely right. That's, yep. a, that's, a, that's a good comparison. Yeah. Sure, 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 sure. So, yeah. Um, but the funny part is about 2 Chains is like, dude, you were already signed to DTP slash Def Jam under Ludacris. And even in his statement, he was like, oh, you know, Luda's going to be involved with the project. To me, that says you're still under contract and you couldn't go anywhere else. Uh, well, not whole. Is he signed as a solo artist? Today? And that's that was the that was the X factor. Is he just signed? Was they were they just signed under player circle or did they get him for a solo deal, too? I thought they, you know, remember player circle when DTP first came out, there wasn't a player circle. There was. I twenty. There was Shauna. There was Titty Boy. There was Chingy. They had and some, what is it? It's like they have the worst rap names ever. My God! Listen to that list you just read there. <laughs> All right. Anyway. Yeah, but I don't. I don't know, man. Like, I don't know. I mean, I. I, I just have a feeling like that really hasn't worked out for anybody other than like Kendrick Lamar and. You know, maybe ASAP Rocky, who still is really virtually unknown off the Internet. You know, what's real funny about him is that so uh, the site I go to, uh, basically the only hip hop form I go to at this point, uh, Sound Circuit, shout out to them. Um, No, I don't do that. that I'm I'm not a child. Um, That place is the place is for for it's It's for jackals. I can't even describe the people who go there. Um, (laughs) Nah, um, what was I going to say? Oh, so. You know, there's they always, like they'll always have like big, you know, uh, sort of topics about you know certain albums, or whatever. And that ASAP Rocky, that topic keeps kind of creeping back up every so often. And it's the sort of thing where at first you had a lot of the people who were sort of, you know, if there's a certain group of people who, you know, if you know they have a rep for, all right, if it's hot in the blogs and they're going to talk about it, or whatever. And then you have sort of an, an older constituent, our age and even older, who are more traditionalists, who are like, you know, dismissing them, whatever. But that yeah. that topic keeps creeping up, and people are listening to it. And they're like, you know what? This is kind of nice. I'm telling you, man. I'm telling you, man. The, his, at least the, to the, the beats and the flows. That's all I'm gonna say. Uh, yeah, I mean, he's not. Yeah. Look, he, he's not gonna win the Nazir Jones Songwriting Award. No, but, but go ahead. But the beats and the flows, man. Listen, I, the only credit I give him give him at this point is for Keep It G, 
and uh, his versatile hands on the wheel, which is retarded. I, I don't understand how you can not give him credit for bass. That song uh, has been me. Oh, stop it. Sorry. All right. And Palace, that open. Mm. I don't even remember. All right. Remember. You know what? You're going to come back in three months and be like, yo, this beat. I probably am. This beat is crazy. Yeah, exactly. I, I should just am. send you the instrumentals. It's like, yo, I think you should rap over this for freestyle. And you're going to be like, yo, you're going you're gonna to do your mom thing. You're going to go don't crazy. Do <laughs> don't do that to me, yo. Like, I have a very strict schedule as far as album releases and things in 2012. I don't have room to do, you know, ASAP Armand or something like that. Yeah, ASAP freestyles. Yeah, live, love, Armand or something like that. Nah, I don't have time for that, man. Don't, don't, don't do me dirty. So, all right. So, Puff Daddy. By the way, I, I, I just spent like while you were saying that, I a whole bunch of really terrible hypothetical song titles for that project emerged in my head. Something that could be incredibly offensive to everybody who who follows you, who is a Christian, who listens to Christian. I'm thinking stuff like you could have like Purple Christ. Like that's a real good one. Oh <laughs> God! Yo, there's a I lot hate of hate those. <laughs> when they take when they take a song, like okay, there's a group. They take these songs, they take popular songs, and they put a Jesus oh. twist on them, and it's so bad. Like instead of Usher, there goes my baby. It's there goes my Jesus. Like fam, are you serious? Yo, that would be a great Tumblr blog, dude. Yeah, it would. <laughs> Go start that up. <laughs> All right, we're like we're like ten minutes deep in this right now. Fifteen minutes. I don't even know where we are. We haven't even talked about Bad Boy, and we got a lot to talk about. So, um, yeah, we do have a lot to talk about. Let's jump right. into it. So, so, so when we when we last left everybody, oh, one last piece of follow up, and this is actually good because this is about um our last podcast. So I had said that Long Kiss Goodnight was originally recorded before Pac died, and of course that's just not true because he talks about Little C's crippling him. Which, of course, that car accident happened like four days after Pac dies. Mm. So, okay. so he made that, including the parts that were rumored to get cut out. Um, well, not rumored, but that were cut out. And depending on what you hear, how bad it is. That was all done after Pac died. Uh, um, that's so why I love how that's why I love how Biggie was like painted as this uh, a bad boy, was just painted the, as these guys who. You know, Pac would just diss them and they'd be like, we're too big for that. We're not going to respond. Like, but like those bad boy mixtapes didn't exist where Puff would just take a, a Isaac Hayes or a James Brown record and just talk about <laughs> just subliminally diss them for like 10 minutes. I went so. back and listened to like a whole bunch of diss records from that era. Stuff like uh, Drop a Gem on them, um, which is so ridiculous. So hard. Man. Um, a lot of old... Uh, Pony Noriega stuff like that's just a good. I'm telling oh, you, I'm man. really enjoying this uh, retrospective stuff we're doing. I'm like, yeah, this is good stuff. Of course, the unfortunate yeah. thing is, I really have no idea what's going on in music right now. So, yeah, but I don't really care because I'm listening to stuff like like No Way Out, which good transition holds. I mean, the good, let me put it this way: the the good songs on No Way Out sound so incredible now. Yes, the bad songs on No Way Out is painful. Yes. And so let me just so no way out, right? When we last left you on clock radio speakers, um uh Can Nobody Hold Me Down, lead single, comes out January ninety seven. Um then of course in terms of Bad Boy in general, hypnotizes the single right around the same time. Um Left of Death drops in March, big passes away, and then the next thing that we hear from Bad Boy is I'll be missing you. 
<laughs> right? The I'll be missing you on the A side and we'll always love Big Pop on the B side. Yeah. Right? That single was monstrous. Shout out Sauce Money. Yeah. <laughs> I heard Sauce didn't write that. Not only did Sauce write that, everybody go to discogs.com while you're following along here. You can look up all these different albums and it shows you not just production credits, but writing credits for pretty much almost any album you can think of. Sauce Money is writing all over this album. Mm. I had no idea. Um, let's see. Pain, which of course is the other super personal song on this album, which we're going to get to. Sauce wrote. <laughs> That's um, what I don't get, man. Like, I don't know. Go ahead. Jada wrote Senorita. I'm sorry. <laughs> so we're going to get to this in a second. But um, the lead song. So real quick. No Way Out. Um, yeah, so I'm sorry. So I'll Be Missing You, second single, Smash. Ridiculous. It, the, cla it's at, the classic VMA performance and, with Sting. And, and it's at the end of the album, but I want to talk about it now because it, it was the single that sets this album off. Um, this song doesn't really hold up at all. No, it doesn't. It's really sort of, I mean, it's funny. Like so You always hear about Sauce Money writing this. It's not like Sauce wrote him some incredible stuff. The flow is super simplistic. Super sauce money-ish. I didn't really hear sauce like that, but... Um, I did. I heard yeah. sauce. Because um, I'm a sauce fan, but anyway, um, yeah, yeah. I just does sauce not... Cool. It was kind of painful because, like, look, I don't know about... When you hear that song, you still know every word, right? Sure. And that <laughs> there's some songs, as I, as I went to listen to the, the albums for this week's episode, I was like, wow, I can't believe I know every word to this terrible song. Um, and, uh, I wouldn't say the song's terrible. It's just, it's definitely a product of its time, right? Sure. You, I mean, and so the success of that, right? So that's like, I think April or May. Yeah. Right. Spring, I, yeah. Spring, uh, spring kind of going into like early summer. Looks like May. Yeah. It looks like Memorial Day weekend basically. Right. And then <clears throat> the album comes out July 1st. So mm. I don't know about, so. The second single is Benjamin's, which actually I don't want to get to that. Do you want to go in? You want to do like we did last time for uh, Life After Death? Yeah, we just go in order. Yeah, we just go in order. Good, because that means I can talk about victory. <laughs> yo, you just play me like a kid, yo. <laughs> you know, you you know how you, like when you ask your parents questions <laughs> just so they can say yes, so you can just take off. That's what you just did. Listen, I, is this Puff's best verse ever? Of course. All right. The opening one verse. Of the, one of the greatest intros of all time, easily. All right. It, if this record comes on and you don't immediately start rapping Puff's verse. Yeah. I, I just can't. I, I just can't. I mean, even all the way up to, you should know Puff's verse, Big's verse. Oh, yeah, definitely. Um, you should know the whole thing. Classic sample. Yeah, perfect. Uh, Stevie J and Puff on the beat. Um, Jada's get, got the writing credit on one of the writing credits on this. So really? is it possible he wrote that for Puff? Or did he write it for Big? Nah. Mm -hmm. I don't, I don't so. know. I, I heard story. I, I'm telling you, I, I heard don't stories listen. about, about like the early locks. They was writing some of those big records. Yeah. I mean, I, like, I, I mean, I could potentially buy that if Big didn't just completely wash them on last days. Yeah. But I think he kind of did that on purpose. It's almost like, you know. Yeah, but if you can, then why? I don't know. I don't know. Like I, I kind of realized. Well, you know the the business side of music. Yeah. Like 
the more that you get into it, the more that you realize you may not necessarily have time to between touring and, you know, the business aspect of it. You don't have time to sit in the studio and create 24-7 like you do when you're not really popping like that. I say this, though. Now that I've told you Jada possibly wrote Puff's verse, go back and listen to it and you, you'll hear Jada instantly. Like, yeah. it sounds a lot like Jada, whereas Big's, that, that, that's, that's big. That's big. It's classic that's big, big flow. That's it's the same big. reason why when you hear Half a Little Kim stuff on hardcore, you're like, yup, that's big. That's big. Yeah. Um, Have you heard the, uh, their, the original version of Victory came out that's just, just big? Is, there, is he rhyming Puff's part or not? I don't remember. I was going to say, that would destroy my theory, but why would yeah, Jada I, be on the I credits? I do not remember, but I remember hearing, I thought I sent it to you on Twitter, but oh, man. I remember hearing it uh, probably around October, September, oh, yeah? October, something like that. Yeah, I have to, I have to scrounge it up. Um, I, I can't really be objective about this song. Uh, to me, this song is pretty much perfect. It is perfect. All right. Are we, are, I, I could go on and on about this song, but remember the it's video? Perfect. <laughs> oh, oh man. I, remember, I remember when they premiered, premiered it. it this was such Dude, a big deal i i bought the victory single oh the, i believe the victory single had the been around the world remix on it is that right i that think sounds so. about right because the victory the video version had different elements in it like it, it had did. strings and it was heightened i was like i need that version yeah so i like the I original re- better yeah, yeah, but that was, you know, 97. I know, it was like, oh, there's this different version. Exactly. Full Puff standard remote. Yeah, that was it. I'm looking at it right now. The The track listing for the CD single had the album version, a Nine Inch Nails remix, oh. a drama mix, which is probably the video, yeah, yeah, yeah. and then the the greatest bad boy remix of all time. <laughs> the bit around I don't the know if remix. that's the greatest. Re- We're going to talk about that. Actually, it's a good segue because are we cool with victory? Yeah, we go. Because the we next go. song, uh, Been Around the World. Yeah. So how did you feel about this song, listening to it again? Well, when it initially came out, I hated it. Really? Yeah, I wasn't a big fan of it. I wasn't a big fan of it until the video came out. Mm-hmm. And this is when I was on my Jennifer Lopez kick. Oh, so you were, they hooked you. Yeah, like, you know, this was, um, what was that movie she did with George Clooney? Out of Sight? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, so this was before, you know, J-Lo was popping and all that. So she was still kind of, you know, I like my girls a little new. I don't like them with a whole lot of mileage on them. So <laughs> she, she was kind of early in the game a little oh, bit. So We just lost was, every female fan we had. Thank you. Good. Shout out to all my ladies. But um, Residue drops February 14th on mywakeup.com. Pow. Um, but yeah, I wasn't really feeling this. I, the, the, the David Bowie record totally threw it off for me. Listening to it later, now that I'm older, song is dope. Oh, it's funny. I'm, I have the reverse problem. Um, okay. So I didn't, even though, yes, I'm, as I talk about every single episode, I'm incredibly white and my family's incredibly white, but I've never really listened to Bowie. Okay. So I didn't hear Bowie until really getting the Bowie. I mean, I knew it was a Bowie sample, but it's not like I heard that and I was like, oh, that's Just Dance. I'd be like, oh yeah, that's a Bowie sample I've heard, right? So it never really hit me. Now I hear it, I just hear Just Dance. Yeah. You know, um... This song is super cheesy, but it kind of works. Like, the, yeah, Biggie on the hook definitely works. Yeah, the there's a. I mean, believe me, we're gonna get to it because there are some eighty samples on here that do not work at all. Same, yes, that. same with. Uh, there's a lot of albums in this period on this show that have a lot of really bad eighty samples. And and I want to talk about this real quick. So, actually, I want to wait till we get to the bad one before I talk about this. So, um, okay. 
Men Around the World, and of course the remixes you talked about. Um, that pian- that piano and that beat, man. Super dope. I love the video. Just all white room, all white suits. They're just dancing around. Well, until, they, camera until they had the, until they put on the powder blue at the end. Yeah. And you know, powder blue in '98, man. Yeah, yeah. The the uh, I had the uh, I had the Jerry Stackhouse, the, the, the Carolina. Yeah, the feelers that had the uh, the two lines uh, going down. Uh, I had the original Stackhouses when they came out in '95. His rookies, because I lived in I lived in South Jersey, right across the river from Philly. So you Stackhouse and then the Iversons. Absolutely. You know, and well, the the, uh, the Grand Hills too. Well, that was the year before, right? Yeah, the but classic the, Grand the classic yeah, feelers the- with, with, with like the. You know what I'm talking about? The uh, yeah, those, those, those the, the tubes? No, the 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 triangle, the ones yeah, that have yeah, the triangle yeah, yeah, yeah. on the side. Those are the ones. I okay, forgot. Those what are the, the classics. Oh, definitely. Yeah, there was like a whole progression of like shoe from like the young guy in the NBA, and you had to have that shoe. Had to have that shoe and the matching jersey. Mm. Had to have them. I remember I had. I was so mad. I had my my. I got a Grand Hill jersey. I got a Blue Pistons Grand Hill jersey and. My parents would not buy me the Grand Hills. They bought me the Jerry Stackhouses. I'm like, I'm not wearing a Grand Hill jersey with Jerry Stackhouse shoes. Are you serious? It was like mixing oil and water. <laughs> so bring back dope sneakers, athlete sneakers. I mean, I like LeBron shoes, but. You know what it is now is like now they actually understand like performance wise what makes a good shoe. So yeah. they focus way more on that. Because yeah, honestly, all the people who are buying shoes for fashion. They're all buying the old ones. Yeah, they're, they're retroing. You know, now it's more like performance. Yeah. Like, I mean, aside from those, aside from when Rasheed Wallace had like the Air Force Ones where they custom put the Zoom Air across the bottom and yeah. the regular Air Force Ones, if you ever yes. try to play basketball on those, man, your feet are going to be, those were not Chilling. designed to play, like, they don't compare to modern sneakers. Yeah. I mean, even some of the Jordans are like that. Like, I can't play, I can't ball in the 11s. Man, I never tried to play ball in my Jordans. You kidding me? Yeah, I, I did. Stupid Armand gets the uh, the Space Jams and plays ball in them. Yo, we might have to stop this podcast, right? Yeah, I know. They're sitting. They're still sitting in a shoebox in my closet, and I just look at them and I cry. <laughs> what was I doing? Just stupid. So Puff Daddy. Puff Daddy. Yeah. So uh, we go with Ben around the world. Yeah, we go. We can go to. I guess we can go into what you what you're gonna do. Yo, I this beat is nice. Yeah, the beat is dope. I, I never drew the comparison before. This is the same sample from Saturday Night from Ghost, right? Is it? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, this is a classic sample. Um, this sounds like Biggie wrote this. Am I crazy? I don't know. I try to. I always try to pick up like who wrote who, which who one. Who wrote what? Yeah. It's basically yeah. trying to pick out flows. Um, but uh, so it makes you forget that who who's actually rapping. <laughs> oh man because puff's flow on this is not oof, good at all yeah hold on i need to check this out give me just a sec um <clears throat> so one thing i want to actually say is uh so he he, he mentions hell up in harlem on this which of course was the original title yes um one thing i tr- i was trying to do i was trying to play the game of can i figure out um which uh which songs were recorded before big died and which ones were recorded after okay that's pretty hard uh, <laughs> Um, just because I think and I, we're going to talk about this in just a sec, but I think that what's really interesting about this whole, um, uh, this whole thing is, and I can't find what I was looking for. Never mind. I apologize. So what's really interesting to me about Bad Boy 97 is 
sort of if you look at life after death as as you know huge success right and then no way out parts of it the parts that were recorded later are influenced by what we're seeing as the successful elements of life after death yeah right and we'll see this especially with harlem world right and to me i you know we talked about this a little bit last time life after death i think for a while i don't know if it still does how to rep as maybe slightly overrated Huh? Remember when the sort when that source review dropped, people were like five mics for this. It it was it was it was a bit controversial. He got backlash for that. Absolutely. Oh no 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 no! I, I'm not talking about. I didn't know he got backlash for the five mics because I thought people like you know because he died they were like okay. Well, that's, that's what I'm saying. But, there were some people who who sort of used that as not an excuse, but sort of that was their rationale, but. What I think is interesting is I think I do think that an actual like critical look at that entire album was what didn't really happen because overall it was so it was so good and obviously Big Edge just died and it was sort of this huge thing. So I think that parts of that album that didn't work didn't get enough like Bad Boy didn't feel enough heat for that. Sure. Right. I'm specifically talking about Another. Another. Which to me is the worst song on that entire album. Sure. And yet Bad Boy does nothing but recreate that song several times. All over nineteen ninety seven. Because I think it's because they that wasn't the lesson they learned. I mean if you look at Can't Nobody Hold Me Down, right? Super eighties. Right? Yeah, uh Mace feels so good. Well that that comes later on. But you know, if you think about like sort of the messages they're getting from the public they don't know that this is bad. Because I think you get in this insular thing in the studio, you get surrounded by a lot of people who are obviously all making the same music. Like, that's the direction we're going in. Look how popular this is. Look how successful right. we are. Of right. course There's... we're going to knock out ED samples. And that's sure. how you get stuff like Don't Stop What You're Doing. Right? Which is the next track Excellent. on the way out. And, Excellent. Excellent segue. And this isn't, is this the, this, I don't, this isn't the worst on the album. But this is it's the up there, though. But this is the point at which you're going, oh. Yeah, this that, is happening yeah, that, right that, now. Yeah, that Yarbrough and People's sample is. This does not yeah, work at all. I mean, look, it's not terrible because when I'm when we're done talking about this album, I'm gonna go through a list of bad boy produced singles from '97, and we're gonna hear some terrible. Um, because I got a list. Um, <laughs> I went through producer discographies on Wikipedia. I got a list. Um, but don't stop what you're doing. It's sort of for me. It's the first warning sign of the album. Like, hey. This is not maybe what you think because, you know, life after death for the most part, I think it was a good balance. Sure. Maybe some parts didn't work out of the commercial side, but sure. overall it was well balanced and that's what Bad Boy is when it's at its best. And the records that were good were really, really good. So it wasn't, it, it didn't kill you to overlook a couple records. Right. But we, you start to see that maybe that lesson of balance wasn't heard by Bad Boy. That's not what yeah. they got out of that. What they got is, oh, we're going in the right direction. Let's keep I going. Right? Sure. So, but we still got some dope songs before we get to the bad stuff. Um, if I Should yeah. Die Tonight, first of all, this cracks me up. This is a three-minute long interlude. That's not an interlude. It's a song. Bad boy, those interludes, though, boy. Like, those R&B interludes, yeah. a lot of Faith and 112 interludes were like, why isn't this a whole song? Well, this is Carl Thomas singing over a Marvin Gaye classic. Yeah. And Puff's I, just I, talking. I like this. Yeah, I like this interlude. This I don't need not Puff bad. talking. 
I mean, yeah, I just like Carl Thomas singing on it by itself. I don't need Puff Talk. If you can find enough space, you can rap over this. I mean, here you go. <laughs> Put your A and head on. All right, well then, well then flip that sample yeah, yeah, for me yeah. there for 574. Obviously. Um, Dropping this spring, early summer. Plug. Um, so we got Do You Know. Um, Love that beat. This beat is so sick. Retarded. I looped it up and I cannot find it. It took me forever to loop that and I looped it perfect. Yeah. Um, but, uh, yeah, Dino, that. so the hook obviously the Dino Ross uh, interpolation sure. and then uh, it's that beat is just yeah Kelly Price did a whole lot of singing for Bad Boy yeah we got Kelly Price all of a sudden popping up everywhere yeah you know you would you would, and it's funny because at the time Kelly really sounded like Faith yeah she so did you would, assume, you would assume yeah Kelly really didn't like step out and really blow and differentiate herself so you know um, all those Ron Isley no, you she know. had that joint with uh, Mariah and... Uh, yeah, but that wasn't her first, first single, though. No, that was her first big moment, wasn't it? Like, that song... I thought she... she that song nah, like, I thought she had the... You know what? Don't make me do this. Now I'm going on Kelly Price's Wikipedia page. Look at you. <laughs> you didn't already... How did you not get... I mean, I... Yo, no, right, honestly, yeah, I'm not going to lie. Right uh, now, I've got like 15 Wikipedia pages open, so... <laughs> nah, he... She had a friend of mine. And it was like the the extension of a uh, download because they had oh, Ron Isley and R. Kelly. Man, don't remind me of what happened to Ron Isley in the late nineties. I'm gonna get real mad. Yeah, uh, yeah. Want to talk I, about I, people not lear- learning like the proper lessons from songs? Like the lesson from Download wasn't, yo, this is the greatest character in the history of mankind. I need to recreate this poorly multiple <laughs> times over the next five years. That was not the lesson of Download. That was my. I opinion. blame R. Kelly. I hold R. Kelly solely responsible for everything that happened to not the Ozzy brothers, but just Ron Ozzy specifically. R. Kelly better have put all the money in the world on his books when he was locked up for tax tax evasion a few years ago. Did wait? Didn't R. Kelly write all those too? Yeah. So you know that means Ron Ozzy probably didn't get paid a dime. Because well, think about it. If R. Kelly's writing it, and you know he's probably producing. Of course, he made the beat. Yeah. So I'm sorry. Where is Ron Ozzy getting money off that? Man, he better he better respect the architect. He better hook some of his his uh Listen, unless the Isleys got jerked on their first contract, they're living off between the sheet samples for the rest of their lives. Yeah, true, true, true. They yeah, you're right. You're right. Their their career spans fifty years. They were singing in the late fifties. No, seriously, they no, started right. in like, right. like fifty eight, I think. I think they I think Shout was their first hit, I think. And I'm, I'm sure somebody's gonna correct me. But yeah. 58, 59, something like that. So, yeah, 50 years, I'm sure they're not struggling for a paycheck. But so, still. So, back to, back to the layout. Yeah, sorry. We go with Do You Know? Yeah, good. Yeah, because I want to talk about Young G's. I want to talk about Young G's. Yeah. <laughs> Our mom woke yeah. up, everybody. All right, here we go. Yeah. Um, Our mom woke up. Good one. Yeah, I didn't try to do that. Um, <laughs> so, you know what I never realized? And this is going to sound stupid. I, I'm a, I, w- I wish I could take what I know now and go back to when I was what, 13 years old, 14 years sure. old, and yeah. hear these songs again for the first time. Because I didn't realize until I heard this this past week how obvious it is that Puff's got Jay's Volume 1 flow on that yeah. whole verse. Like, it's so obvious. It's awkward, though. Because he's, yeah, he's used to rapping. Yeah, he's used to rapping Jadakiss, Biggie, and Mace yeah, verses. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because Jay's. Vo- Jay's f- 97 flow is like in the pot. Well, Jay, well, all of Jay's flows minus, uh, you know, that Def Jam presence uh, 
stretch. Yeah. All his flows are, are gen- generally in the pocket. Yeah, but this one, I mean, he he had all he would like start and kind of go, and I mean, there was all sorts of directions for that. <laughs> yeah. Trying to hear Puff try to rap it. Um, Cause he sounded like he was talking. Yeah, he didn't. Con- he didn't get how to do it. Um, yeah. But Jay and Big killed the song. Yeah. Um, this beat is great. Uh, I forget. I didn't realize this is the same sample uh, DITC uses on day one, right? Yes, they do. Yep. Um, that stuck out. It's funny, like going back and listening to these, all these things stuck out like sore thumbs. I'm like, oh, that sample. Man, the DITC album. <sighs> the D- that D- uh, that DITC album with the thick remix. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, I gotta go back and listen to that, man. Oh uh, man, I, that's on my uh, that's on my primo playlist on Spotify. <sighs> okay, so DITC album is on Spotify. No, it's not. Oh, help! Okay, so <laughs> I think I own it. Hold on. <laughs> I I know I own it because it had the uh, it had the really thick um, like construction paper in the book. I don't. That was the first album I bought that had that. Because it had the enemy, had the 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 primo remix of Ebonics. Oh, it did have the Ebonics remix. Yeah, man, that was when I was in full primo stand mode. Man, I, yeah, that was my full triple five soul raucous records. That was, that was ninety nine, right? Yeah. So that was uh, that was Feral right Munch. No, that was right around the same time as um, what else did primo drop in ninety nine that had me in full on stand mode? Oh, that was like full clip too. That was yeah, that was yeah yeah yeah. <sighs> Believe it or not, that was my first introduction to Gangstar. You didn't own Moment of Truth when it came out? No. Oh, man. No, because like, um, well, yeah, because I liked, um, I like, you know, my stays, but like my sister had it. My sister would either had a friend who had it or was dating somebody who had it. And she played me JFK to LAX. It was a rap after that. Listen, man, when I'm in full on Inspector Deck stand mode in 1998, and I hear above the clouds. Above the clouds, dude. It was over. I got. I got. I got to wrap the either one of those. Man, that, that that song comes out. I can. Yeah, I can do. Obviously, I can do Dex verse like off memory. No, no problem. But um, Young G's dope song. <laughs> and and my favorite cut off this album. I love you, baby. Um, wait, wait. Look, I, I look. I love you, baby. Is a great song. Here you go. I know victory. I know victory. But well, all right, we're gonna we're we're gonna get there. All right, son. Yeah, I love you, baby. So this is Black Rob's like second bad boy appearance, second or third bad boy appearance, but his first solo song, right? Yeah, where was he at before then? He was on a one twelve remix from ninety six. Um, what was the song with Mr. Cheeks on it? Come see me. Yeah, I think he was in the Come See Me remix, and then he was on something else, but I can't remember. It's been a while. Yeah, I'm trying to look. Uh, they don't really have anything on there. Nah. Okay. Yeah, they don't have anything on on his wiki as far as you know his. That's funny. Black Rob's uh, wiki is really uh, desolate. Really light. Yeah, <laughs> desolate. There we go. That's the word. Desolate. <laughs> but um, so this is so we're gonna talk about this song again on next week's Clock Radio Speakers because we're as a little preview. We're not gonna get all the way to Black Rob's solo album, but um, Shit. I love you, baby's dope. This beat is crazy. Retarded. And what, what struck me about this is, you know, in 97, how deep is this roster? Yeah. Like crazy. Yeah. You know, oh man. For this to be your first solo song, that's just nuts. Yeah. Because um, I don't, uh, maybe not his first one ever, but the first one people really heard about. Because I'm sure he had like, you know, whatever kind of, on the, you know, coming up. But 
you know, like the first, like your first big, like boom, here I am. That's crazy. Sure. Um, and of course the song that made me buy this album. One of the greatest beats of all time. It's all about the vengeance. Uh, so when you talk about like best songs in this album, I know you like, I love you, baby, but you got to give consideration to this song, right? Yeah, I mean, right. e easily, easily victory. I love you, baby. It's all about the Benjamins, e easily. So this has been a dope. I mean, look at this stretch we just went through. Do you know Young G's "I Love You, Baby"? Benjamins. Yeah. Come on. So this, I'm trying to remember when this this video dropped. This video dropped took a little while to drop, didn't it? Like, I, for some reason, I don't remember this video until later on in the summer. Even though that yeah, it was it was late summer because then the 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 remix. Remember Fuzz Bubble? Oh man, stop it. <laughs> um, that came out in like uh 98? yeah it was like yeah it was it was kind of further weird. along well so like like late winter early 98 i want to say so <laughs> but, so you know can't nobody hold me down came out so early in the year and then i'll be missing you i think that single sold like five like some outrageous number because people forget like th that point it was a tribute single and the proceeds went to like his kid's scholarship or something like that allegedly but, uh, well, I'm saying that's so, and it was a, that song was a big deal, man. So yeah, it was, it was huge. So a lot of people bought that single. Yes, they did. Right. So did. for me, like, uh, you know, I'm seeing the first two singles off this album and I'm like, ah, oh, this is going to be, you know, I'm, I'm in bad boy mode, but at the same time, like you can kind of, like you kind of needed to hear that, like that song to hook you in. And I heard Benjamin's and I was like, yep, I'm yep. on this album immediately. Um, yep. And to me, like. And that's really interesting. Like this bad boy in 97 in the midst of their like shiny. Well, actually this isn't the shiny suit peak. We're almost at the shiny suit peak. Yeah. But in the midst there. of their commercial peak, they drop this grimy beat. Yeah. This beat is great. And the straight, of course, straight spitting too. Yeah. And of course the big beat switch at the end. Yeah. I mean, Kim, the Kim, the Kim lob alley-oop to Biggie. Perfect. Yeah. It's um, Kim's versus Clay. Everybody's versus Clay. I'm I'm really glad um, Styles was on the original version of this, right? I can't even remember. I want to say he was, and they. I don't know if they. I don't know why they took him off, but I, I'm almost positive he was on this song. I mean, why would you only have Kiss and She? You yeah. know, Puff is notorious for making you rewrite and write and write and rewrite. This is Kiss's like for me. Like this is his first verse where I was like, oh okay. Yeah, because at that time Sheik was consistently washing both of them. Which is good. just crazy in retrospect. Just crazy in retrospect. <laughs> <laughs> Although I will say, I mean, reading the credits, like if Jada actually wrote Victory, well, that makes me reconsider. Yeah, yeah. but like you said last week, like he hadn't reached his stride just yet. Not he yet. didn't really, he didn't hit his stride until probably 98. I'm not really, yeah, we, we might. Because I'm thinking of like Blackout. I'm thinking like Blood Pressure. Blood pressure was uh, that was Ride or Die Volume I know. One, so that no, no, was no, no, no. Blood pressure was um, that was uh, was that We Are the Streets? Yeah, because that set sure? him, that set him up for Ride or Die Volume Two. Okay, where he was like the you're right, yeah, I think yeah. that's right. I mean, because he had no, because I'm saying like on on Ride or Die Volume One, they had Dope Money, yeah, uh, Kiss of Death, like he was he was there, he then. was. To, you know what it is? I'm personally like biased. I don't. Really, I'm not really a fan of those songs that much, really. <gasps> oh. <laughs> Ride or Die Volume One. I'm not a real big fan. I'm not gonna lie. You're not a big fan of Volume One. Ride or Die. No, I like Volume Two better. You're bugged. 
yeah, I, I'm, I don't know, like, you know, obviously, you know, Jigga kills his verse, but, you know, he kills that whole song. That album was retarded. No, stop it. You're bugged. Listen, that was 98, right? Uh, Ride That Volume 1, yes. Freshman year high school. Listen, yep, yep, I, I was yep. in full-on gangstar mode. Okay, and there you go. <laughs> um, anyway, Benjamins. We, we need to say anything else about this? Nah. Remember the, um, the, the video? <laughs> video was, yeah, uh, I kind of remember the video. Video was video was grimy. Yeah, it was grimy. Very, very anti, uh, you know, blowing up. Um... Why wasn't Mace on this record? See, I want to talk about this real quick. This thing, I was going to talk about this later on. We, we got to Mace's album, but, you know, considering, like, the talent they had, they didn't do a great job at using these big albums to showcase them. Mm. Right, like we're gonna we're gonna get we're gonna get to this on, on Mace's album because it's really obvious there. Like you're sort of wondering why is where is this person? Like why is this person anywhere? But um, but yeah, like where is Mace? On? I don't know. There's yeah, I don't know. I, maybe it was because it was to kind of protect his grimy or his his the image because you know from the the transformation from Children of Corn Mace from Murder Mace to. You know, Happy Mace, that was a total 180. So, yeah, I mean, granted, got, he had his 25 well, hours to live. Well, yeah, and, we're, we're, we're going to get there. All right, my bad. So, let's my talk bad. about let's, pain. So, next pain. song up is Pain. This song is cool. Dope. Dope, dope beat. Sauce wrote this one. Um, this is supposed to be his real personal song. No, he didn't write it. Uh, well, he's part, I don't know, you know. Whitney Houston didn't write her personal songs either. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> Bobby? No, I mean, you know, hip hop has this sort of weird thing where like, you know. Yeah, I mean, because it's like when you're when you're a rapper and you rap, you should be you should be rapping like that's the that's the talent is the actual like the words and, you know, what you're saying as opposed to singing where the talent is that your voice sounds really good. No, but I think you're discounting flow. No, I'm not discounting flow. I'm just saying like it's. It's more so you're more so known for traditionally because that that rule has been thrown out the window now. <laughs> but traditionally, it's more so of it coming from you. So, yes, all the elements need to be there. Flow, you know, diction, you know, what I'm saying rhyme schemes, all that other, you know, nerdy stuff that we pay attention to. But ultimately, you like, you know, you like records because they really come from that person like. KRS-One is the only person who could have rapped, you know, You Must Learn, or, you know, Biggie's the only person who could have spit something as personal as Juicy. You know, so if, if Biggie writes Juicy for, I don't know, Positive K, like, does it have the same effect? No. But if, you know, R&B Single One writes, you know, um, Unbreak My Heart for Tony Braxton, it doesn't matter, because if she can sing the song well... It's just we. It's a weird dynamic. You're right. It is a weird dynamic, but like hip hop isn't held to the same standards as other genres of music. So basically, your defense is, yeah, you're right, but oh well. <laughs> yeah, I mean, hip hop has a lot of really stupid rules that we follow. That's true. A lot of really stupid rules. That's true. Um, so, anything else you want to say about pain? Nah, I mean, I guess we can go into is this the end? Oh, you don't like this song? No, oh. I did when it first came out because this was full. This is when, this is the beginning phases of, oh my God, it's this black guy and he's rapping really fast. No, 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 no. Because you don't forget about Pope Pimp. 
right? So no, that's what I'm saying. Like this is this is him building off of Pope Pimp. Like yeah. from Pope Pimp, Twista pretty much got his career from there. He was doing a lot of uh, dope guest appearances, and like that would make you listen to the song because Twista was on it. And then Adrenaline Rush is right at is right right around this time, right? Yeah, I forgot about Adrenaline Rush. Yeah, why so, did he let Cameron rap over that? Well, um, I, look, I. Yeah, Puff's part, I, <laughs> I don't even know where to really start with Puff trying to rhyme fast. It's not terrible, um, but Twista's part, love it. love it. Yeah, 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 yeah. Love it. I always used to listen to the song a lot. I, this is one of those where, like, I have such memories listening to the song, like, I really have a hard time being super critical of it. But, like, if I break the song down, like, in, except for, like, the last 90 seconds, <laughs> right, you might as well just skip through it. But, um, so... At this point in the album, up to this point in the album, we've had a couple songs where you're like, ah, maybe, ah, but overall, there's a lot of crazy songs, right? Yeah. All right, and now we, uh, now we go the off the cliff. stretch. I got the power. Um, I used to like this beat. Yo, this beat is terrible. And Big, is ja- and Big Jazz produced this. Like Jazz-O? Like Jazz-O. Like, like manually looped uh, <laughs> Ain't No for Jay and still takes the credit to this day. Okay. Uh, you know what he should do? I would love to see, like, I'm surprised he doesn't just get on, like, Ustream and be like, see, watch me replay the chops on, like, you know. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and, and, like, uh, sell, and, like, sell the Ustream, like, make you pay $10 to watch him hit his NPC every four I'm seconds. I'm being real so. harsh, but, you know, he, he sort of has talked that up a little too much over the years. But, um, this song is not good at all. No, it's not. Um. And then right Same. after it is Friend, which terrible. I always think now in retrospect, I, when I hear that sample, I just think of the EPMD joint. Um, yeah. And uh, you want to look at the credits, not surprising, Mason J. So I'm guessing J wrote for Fox, Mace wrote for Puff. Very forgettable. Super forgettable. Um, after this, we got Senorita. Yeah. So this is Yogi on the beat. Yeah. Um, Super underrated because I love crew. No, you love Just Another Case. No, Pronto. Listen. Nah, just Another Case might be perfect. No, that record is retarded. I, ain't, I had that, that beat. beat. Oh. What? You Smith want to pull that up? Yeah, you, you want to talk about beats that I could just, I hear and I, would, I used to pretend like, oh yeah, I can rap. I'm quite, I can rap. That's one of those beats, man. It's yeah. the piano. Like, it just gets me. Yeah. Um, but anyway, Yogi, who I didn't even realize, he was sort of kind of with the hitman. Yes, he was. Um, I'm not sure why out of all the beats that I'm sure Yogi's made over the years, why they went with Senorita. But. Yeah, I'm trying to think of the ones that he did uh, later on. I know he did a record on the Violator album that I really liked. I just can't think of which one it is. I don't know if it was Mob Deep, Nobody Likes Me, or like one of those records he did was retarded. But so after Senorita, we, we're coming to two songs we already talked about, which yep, is I'm Missing you. you, the extended mix. Great, thanks. With, with the huge like intro. Right. Which at the time I was just like, oh, you know, it's just Puff being like big and, and whatever. But now it sounds really forced, like sort of almost like, Look, isn't this supposed to be like a heartfelt personal song and now you're making it to be like, I don't it's know. It's made it about him. It, yeah, it, 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 it sort of didn't feel right. Um, and can't, no, 
Can't nobody hold me down, which we talked about a lot already. Um, yeah, what, we didn't talk about the remix though. You want a remix? What's the Can't nobody hold? What's the remix of that? Um, I gotta play it for you. Totally different beat. It was strictly mixed. It was strictly mixtapes though. All right, good. So everyone's gonna hear this because I'm just recording straight off. I'm on Skype, so can you play that through Skype or how does that work? <laughs> uh, yeah, I can. I can take my headphones off. No, no, don't worry about it. Don't worry about it. Okay, just send it to me later. My All bad, right, everybody. We'll play, we'll, we'll play it right here. <laughs> I'll, ins- I'll insert it. You're gonna insert it. All right. Um, but you know, I've said it before. Like, I I love this song. Love it. It's a yeah. product of the time for me. Like, yeah, I know it sounds a little cheesy, whatever, but. Um, and if you think of the progression, right, so, you know, it's it, middle of 97 now, um, you know, it, it's, it's only been like eight months since Can't Nobody Hold Me Down dropped and look how much already sonically hip hop is changing. Yeah. Right. And I'm going to read off to you a list of bad boy produced singles from 97 and feel free to, to let me know if I missed something. All right. I'll laugh. Go ahead. Can't Nobody Hold Me Down. Okay. Hypnotize. Okay. I'll be missing you. Okay. All about the Benjamins. Okay. Been around the world. Okay. Feels so good, which we're gonna talk about in a minute. Okay. Mariah Carey Honey Remix. Okay. Mariah Carey Breakdown. Wow, they did Breakdown. They did like at least half of Mariah's album. Hello, Cool J, Phenomenon. Jay Z, Sunshine. Lil (laughs) Kim, Ladies Night Remix. (laughs) Mike Geronimo, Nothing Move But the Money. Mary J, I Can Love You. CNN, Tony. Carlos Brody Whoa. did that beat. Okay. SWVs, someone. Okay. Yeah, they, Puff took the credit for that. Nonsense. Someone was. Um, they, they looped rapped. Primo's beat. What what beat was it? Ten Crack Commandments. Yeah. Let me tell you. Uh, there's uh, so another real. Uh, so Tracy lead the theme. Yeah. And uh, of course, Crew just another case because Yogi was signed with Hitman. So real quick, this is how much bad boy and i just love i mean a lot of those songs were like lead singles off big albums so this is how much bad boy dominated the sound in 97 puff took a premiere beat for a song called 10 crack commandments looped it got an r&b group to sing over it and had a hit yeah like are you serious right now they dominated like in a way that I don't think has ever happened before. Yeah. And it's not that no other crew or sound has had as many hits. It's the short period of time, right? So specifically, if you look at albums that dropped in the fall or winter of 97, right? Leading up right until 98, they were all super influenced by what was happening in the first part of the year. And what's happened in the first part of the year is Bad Boy is killing it. So that means... You get the disaster that is LL Cool J phenomenon. Although that's not as much of a disaster as Jay Z Sunshine, which isn't no. even the worst song on that album. I was gonna say we talked about that. I'm not, I wasn't mad at Sunshine in '97. I was I definitely, definitely upset at Phenomenon. I was really upset at I know what girls like. Yes, which that's one of Jay. It's not. <laughs> here's what's crazy. That's not Jay's worst song ever. Um, which Jay's worst song ever? Do I have to mention them? Yes. I could name like five off of a certain album and we don't like to talk Yo, about Yo, you know what? You know what? This, I quit. <laughs> We're not doing this today. <laughs> We're going to start my own podcast. podcast. So here's what I want to say about this. So what's really interesting, and so what's interesting to me is just the huge like bubble, if you will, the huge surge in bad boy produced singles. And then even beyond this, 
songs that were clearly inspired by the success they had. Yes. Right? Let's look at let's talk about your favorite boy real quick, Wyclef. Really? Did you really just say the W word to listen, me? Listen, two couple things, right? So um which we we're just trying to stay alive. That song never happens if What song? We're we're trying to stay alive. Yeah. Listen, that song doesn't happen and doesn't blow up if Bad Boy doesn't set the stage for that. Fam. Hold on. Remember that Praz joint? Electric uh, Avenue? <laughs> that was a hit. I was thinking of uh, Blue Angels. That. <laughs> <laughs> no, seriously. Songs like that, right? You're right. You're absolutely right. Those never the happen if Bad Boy Gaudy samples. What? Gaudy samples. Gaudy 80 samples. Yeah. Right? <laughs> That's Yo, somebody get Praz out of here, man. <laughs> Yo, Are you sick? Do you know how successful that album was for him? I'm Cause, saying. Because he had Ghetto Superstar. Ghetto Superstar, biggest record, potentially, when, what was that, 97 or 98? That was 98. Because that was on the Bullworth soundtrack. Yeah. I bought that Bullworth soundtrack for Bullworth. Um... It was like Method Man, Prodigy. No, you know what was the song off that? The Chase. There was a, the Chase. The Chase. Oh, no, man. No, whoa, what? Get out of here. Hey, I got, if, it, if it sounds, yo, at that With point, Rizzo was very. That's, I'm trying that's, to a, that's, what, a, that's a Wu-Tang Forever leftover. That song is crazy. If I remember right, it was like, all I heard was dun, dun. Then I hear do 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 And I'm like, nah. No, no, no. I, I, don't, hope, uh, listen, I hope I'm thinking of something else. Wu Tang's soundtrack track record in the mid to late nineties is untouchable. Very, very dope. Everything well, from tragedy to Diesel. Tragedy, Diesel. So in the whole greatest soundtrack of all time. Uh, Come on, man. I'm thinking, I'm thinking. I'm thinking. Is that the greatest soundtrack of all time? Yeah, I don't know. At Diesel, you had you ain't a killer. You had Sauce Money against the Grain. Yeah. You, uh, you know what it is? is I didn't own it. I, it. That's just some album I somehow didn't acquire from BMG and Columbia House. Um, <laughs> I, no, I, so I, I heard all those songs like later. Gotcha. I somehow missed out on that, so I didn't get quite the impact. Whereas something like it's gonna sound stupid. The Nutty Professor soundtrack. Yo, I played. Oh, that that's a, no, no, no. That doesn't sound stupid at all. <laughs> I played that. No, 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 no. Touch Ow. me, tease me. The Montel Jordan joint. The I can't go for that with tragedy, with um, smooth the hustler, trick of the gambling, DV alias Christ, and nah, ain't no, nah, 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 nah. It right. sounds stupid. Oh, so good. Other songs that were like that were made possible because of the Bad Boy success. Stuff like again, this is off Jay's Volume One. You belong to the city. <laughs> oh man. So one thing that's also before we get to Mace. Um, and yeah, we've spent a lot of time on this, but this is sort of important stuff because what the effect of this is the success of Bad Boy, everybody, and you've heard, I've heard Jay talk about this before. He sort of describes it as, you know, Big It just died. I didn't really know what, it, what, what was going on. But the real thing is Bad Boy so suddenly became, they just utterly dominated urban radio that all these artists are like, I have no idea what I'm supposed to drop right now. Like they yeah, were but- all confused. And so they're... they're they're making what it would turn out to be, at least for Jay, a career-defining mistake, but in a good way, right? Sure. Because what's about to happen, because we're talking about Mace, but what happens after Mace is the is the backlash, yes. right? So because Jay 
the video with Sunshine and had some of those songs, like he becomes a part of that and has to so quickly come back with the Streets is Watching soundtrack and so quickly change. Like the, this era, like the, the success of Bad Boy affected a ton of people. Yeah, totally. Um, Even the, uh, remember the, because um, remember Rampage had Wild for the Night. Yo. But, you know, yo, retarded I, beat. I can't. Listen, but he had he also had that one record with Billy Lawrence. Remember, We're going to talk about Billy Lawrence because she's on the Mace album. She is on the Mace album. Um, she she began my affinity for light skinned girls with curly hair. Did we just lose another chunk of our female audience? Cause... Nah, we're good. <laughs> um, but uh, what were we talking about? Oh, Rampage. Yo, while for the night. Listen, stupid. When that beat comes on, stupid. You can't tell me nothing. Like you can't no, it's over. I go into like nineteen ninety eight. Doc thinks he, he can rap me. It's it's bad news for everybody, really. But um, I love that song. Man. Yeah, I'm just I'm just pulling all these beats up. Just you know, snooze button three this summer. Good. You real real rapidy rap. All right, so, so we got we, we need to start turning through these out. Uh, we're gonna spend a lot of time on Mace Hallmore though. So um, let's do it. Intro dope sample. Um, yeah, love the intro. Love that intro. This is a kind of a misleading intro because it gets you like in a certain mode. Yeah. Like you're thinking, okay, here we go. Like, yeah, we've seen shiny suit mace, but you know, we also saw big on the boat on hypnotize. So we're, I'm ready for the grimy stuff. Right. Sure. And then you hear want to get money. That no, the, the intro to do you want to get money throws you off. Yeah. That, you're like, okay, this is going to be dope. And then all of a sudden it's like, <laughs> It goes from like the haunted forest, like a sleepy hollow, to like <laughs> the merry old land of Oz. Yeah, shiny suits in, in full effect. Yeah. Um, I didn't realize. I thought that was Kelly Price, but this is Kalise on this record. Supposedly, yeah. Sound like Kelly Price to me. Um, D that on the beat, but this is pretty skippable. Yeah. Um, take what's yours. Take what's yours. I, the song is okay. I liked it at the time. Yeah, I did too. And you know what? I totally forgot how original DMX sounded at the time. Yes. Like, you heard him and you're like, wait, what? Stupid Ja Rule. <laughs> I know, but they say Ja Rule was out first and did. Yeah, nah, whatever. Listen. X sounded so original. He did. Um, And this, this along with, um, what was the other, uh, what other song did he have out? I'm trying to think. What else was he on? X? This time. Yeah, 97. There was something... Uh, oh, 4321. Yes. Um, I feel like there might have been something else too, but I can't quite... There probably was. Um, there was. So anyway, take so shows, take what's yours is cool. Oh, uh, Money, Power, Respect. Well, we're going to get that. Um, Nasheen Merrick on the beat for Take, take What's Yours. Um, song's all right. Not yeah, bad. Uh, I liked it like you. I liked it a lot more then. Um, yeah. Mad Rapper interlude. Ugh. You know, the first one's classic, but the first you, one is Life After Death, right? Yeah. You know, the hard, the weird, the thing I did not expect by listening to all these Bad Boy albums in a row. Once we got like late, once we get later on, as soon as I hear the Mad Rapper, I just want to throw something. Like, yeah, they they stretched that out all the way to what? I think he was on G Depp's album too, right? And how? And and dude had a deal. That's got to be one of the weirder situations ever, right? Like, who thought that was a good idea? Yeah, but, you know, like, at that time, they were handing out record deals like Halloween candy. (laughs) 
So, I mean, sheesh, I mean, anybody could get a record deal. And 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 go gold. Yeah. Um, I, I can't say on the center loot. Um, will they die for you? That was so, one of those records I, I liked then, not big on it now. Well, you know what the problem is, is that it's the same sample as Get At Me Dog. Yeah. So, after hearing Get At Me Dog, you can't really hear Will They Die For You the same way. Absolutely. Um, and again, more 80 sampling. And, you know, 80 sampling is tricky. There's something sonically, well, I could get real nerdy. There's lots of things sonically that changed in terms of instrument 80s and ways and the ways that songs were mixed versus, you know, records from the 60s and 70s, which up to this point, hip-hop was really sampling, at least for the preceding time period before this, right? I mean, obviously, hip-hop sampled you know, all sorts of stuff, depending on what area you're in, but 80s stuff, you gotta be careful. Um, yeah. And they really weren't on this album. Um, <laughs> you, you can feel my bitterness. I'm sitting here with my arms crossed right now. I'm just like shutting down. Um, will it die if you're not, not really good at all, right? Uh, all right. Uh, looking at me. Never been a fan of looking at me. Really? Uh, um, I always liked this song. And this is before I was in Neptune's stand. Um, right. This is the last single from the album. Yeah. Um, released this. It was the double. I think it was a double A side single with uh, 24 Hours Live. Um, yeah. They both have videos that dropped around the same time. Mm -hmm. um, I didn't realize this was a top 10 hit. Yeah, like, it was huge. And this is the Neptune's first big time production credit that sounds like a recognizable Neptune's beat. Yes. Like you hear this now and you immediately like, oh yeah, it's Neptune's beat. Like it's just unmistakable. Yes. Um, I don't know you. So you're not a fan of this one? No. That's nope. all you're gonna say. You just you're you're skip right past it. Yep. All right. Uh, then we got another little stupid interlude, white girl. Yeah. Um, oh my God, it's 1997, so you know there's got to be like 50 interludes. Um, right. That's one right. thing I do not miss about this era, where it's like, it's like yo, you're getting your money's worth because I've got 24 tracks on my album. Um, <laughs> The worst is yeah. when we get later. What Puff album is it later on that's got like literally 24 tracks? Is that the Saga Continues? Saga Continues. <laughs> um, uh, anyway, so we got Love You So. Um, yeah. A Billy Boy uh, sighting. Yeah, with the, uh, with the Square Biz sample. Same sample as Firm Biz. Firm Biz. Which came out right around the same time. Yeah. Um, oh, that's another record I forgot to talk about. They, they never dropped Firm Biz as a sample if not for the success of Bad Boy. Absolutely. So You're that right. impacts the Firm album. Sure, sure, and this sure. Is you hear that? Because you, you heard, like, the Firm was one of those groups that really started a bubble from the mixtapes. Like, where they kind of built their buzz off of it. Well, like, they had the Affirmative Action remix. Yeah, they had La Familia. Yeah. Um, they had another record, too. By the way, it was weird. I haven't even listened to this song lately, but I think it's just because I'm listening to all these songs released around the same time. I could not stop rapping Foxy's verse from Affirmative Action today. Yeah. <laughs> Classically yeah. bad. That's yeah. what that verse is. Um, four times four is 36. Divided by two yeah, is I, 12. Um, anyway, love you so. Uh, it's just a sh I'm, I I just have these all labeled as like shiny suit beats. That's just how I like in my yeah. notes here. Um, yeah. This is a pretty glossy album so far. Yes, it is. And now we got the player way. Yeah. I, you know. Listen, you know, I'm going to, I'm going to, I'm going to take my chances and offend some people probably. 
look, I, I was not an old school 8-Ball and MJG fan, so I'm the wrong person to judge the song. Because this is this is an 8-Ball and, and MJG record. This has Swap House production. Um, it, I agree. So w- one thing that sort of struck me as interesting, and I don't know how much credit to give Life After Death, but I sort of talked about how Life After Death really kickstarted the trend of, oh, I'm going to have like different – like I'm going to sort of try to address different parts of the country with my songs like to get like the whole mix of stuff, right? Because they sure. he did Notorious Thugs, he's got going back to Cali, and yeah, those are yes. those are big, those are sort of his own spin on things. But it's it was the first that I can remember, and if someone can pro- point, prove me wrong, I'd love to hear it. But it's at sure. least the, the album that gets that certainly was followed in terms of like a template, right? So here you go, you've got oh here's Mace being like, yeah, I'm gonna you know the South is starting to kind of bubble up, and no offense <laughs> anybody from the South because the South was making music for a long time before then. I'm talking about from a New York centric point of view, right? Sure. Where um, typically you, at this time you would see New York artists working with artists really out of state, um, for two reasons, right? Either they got play on New York radio or they were touring and they would go on tour and be like, yo, th- these people, are, that's all I'm hearing at the, from the DJ before the show starts. What's going on? Um, those are the two real things. So I'm, I'm guessing it was one of those two combinations, but it's the same thing where it's like, where it's like, all right, so I'm going to have the song for the girls and I'm going to have the hardcore songs which are coming up later and I'm going to have the southern song and you know it's that same sort of template the something for yes. everybody theory yes but this song is real yeah. mediocre I do not like the song at all so yeah, if, you're, if you're from the south and you know the song I'm really sorry I, I don't no, know was it. I don't even know how to judge this song because I, I'm not going to lie to you I've never I've never listened to Ebal and MGG in my life before the song oh, when man. I heard this in 97 I was I was living yes. I was living in New Jersey like what am I going to know about Ebal and MGG <laughs> right i'm being yeah, honest some, you know yeah no you're right I mean, they I, had some joints though like. well i heard a lot I, I went back and heard it after the fact but like i can't say i'm an expert on how eight ball and ngg stuff from the mid 90s is supposed to sound sure yeah so you missed uh you missed a lot you I missed did. candy you missed uh i heard it after the fact but like at the time yeah. you know oh, I'm, I'm drawing a blank but they were dry, they were riding around in the um space age pimping yeah, yeah, yeah. you missed that Songs retarded, but no, you're right. You're right. You're right. You're right. You know, this was very, yeah. Let's skip. All right, and let's go to another, another interlude. interlude. Hater. Wow, it's an interlude yeah. about hating. This is so t- on the train. So 1997. We got some more 1997. Yep, this had to happen. Interludes coming up later, but that's okay because we're about to get into the good part of the album. About how ridiculous. I'm just gonna call the song "Wanna Act." Um. Niggas wanna- this beat, man. Crazy, right? I love this beat. Dame Grease kills this beat. This chorus, too, is perfect. Right? It's perfect to me because of how, like, Busta's part is bubbling under the surface. And then they, like, unleash it at the end. You know? Yes. I love how that works. Um, <clears throat> yes. Like, to um, me, like, I own this album pretty much when it came out in 97. Um, yes. And when I owned the album, I basically would jump to looking at me, and then I would just jump to want to act, and that's when the album started for me. Yeah. Um, I love this song. Yeah, this song is dope. This is this is, uh, dare I say, is, is this is this in your prime, Buster Rhymes, or is this like the beginning of in your prime, Buster Rhymes? You know, between this and Wild for the Night. You, this is, but this was also like this was also when disaster strikes. Well, right? no, so this I, I, I'm talking. Buster Rhymes is a hype man in, in his prime. Oh, and victory. <sighs> exactly. We didn't even talk about Buster on victory. You're right. We didn't. 
that's an oversight. Um, but yeah, you know, when disaster <laughs> strikes. Oh, I forgot. There's more uh, Bad Boy production on that. Yes, um, there is. Uh, they were actually on a record. Well, they did Body Rock, and then yeah, Body Rock, and then a former member of the Hitman, Rashad Smith, who did a bunch of stuff in the mid nineties. We talked talk about him on the last one. He does Dangerous. So the Bad Boy effect is there in spirit. Um, okay. But. <laughs> But put your hands where my eyes can see. I'll give Busta credit, right? He is surrounded in 97 by, you know, bad boy beats everywhere. Who did that be? It's a nobody. It was a like, one-off. A guy named nobody? No, no, like a nobody. Like no, like uh, someone who has never really done anything else. Um, I, I really hope that he's eating off of that. I doubt it. No, because that's a, that's a season crop. Is that season crop? What oh yeah, because the sample. I thought she, I was just talking about like you know cut, but yeah, well, yeah. you know, probably, uh, are you yeah, kidding me? An unknown producer on Busta's second album with a Seals and Crop sample. I hope he got a good upfront money because he probably got nothing on the back end. But yeah, um, Steely Dandem. Oh man, when did that song come out? Deja Vu. Yeah, is that ninety eight or ninety nine? I want to say ninety eight. That's a funny record. Um. <laughs> anyway. So what we're we gonna talk about? Yeah, Busta, uh, put your hands where my eyes can see. Kind, I mean, that was a risky song. Super. The video was risky. The, the whole the thing was of genius. it was totally risky. This is when Blushing. Hype Williams was like, you know, he, he was going up to late. You, I mean, I would have loved to been whoever repped him in '97 because you're just like, you're just counting money. That's all that part. I mean, he was yeah. just so many icon, iconic videos in '97. The string was just nuts. Yeah. Um. But yeah, you know, because Busta, who had the over-the-top reputation, like, dude is loud, boisterous, in your face, and then here comes, he's whispering. Yeah. You know? Yeah. Super classic song. That album's not that good, though. What album's not that good? When Disaster Strikes. No, it's not. It's okay. No, ELE's his best album. We've talked about how Busta doesn't really have a classic album, but that's a whole other story. Right, um, right. For his career, yeah. So... Next up is Feel So Good. Yes. So this is an iconic song. Sure. And it's an iconic video. Yeah, yeah. This was, um, Chris Tucker was in this, right? Well, it was from the Money Talk soundtrack. That's why. Yeah. Which had one of my favorite Timbo beats with Lil' Kim rapping on it. Which one? Money Talks. I don't remember that. Oh, man. That beat is crazy. I remember lobster and shrimp. That from that was that was that my. Wasn't uh, from that. I know what I'm saying. That was my Timbaland soundtrack. Oh, Tim's bio was super dope. Yeah, it has some joints on it. Um, but uh, but nah, he had a yeah, his song. It was a uh, Lil Kim and Andrea Martin. Who does? <laughs> okay, I'm just, I'm recalling the track listing out of thin air. Um, but that oh man, Money Talks was crazy. Uh, wait, was that I'm the same? Wait, wait, I need to look at that soundtrack. Hold on. Uh oh. Yeah, y'all hear me typing. Yeah, I totally, I found, go ahead. Uh, yeah, Money Talks. Oh, that had No Way Out, Puff and uh, Black Rob. Oh, huh? and that had Avenues. Avenues. Electric that, Avenue. Oh, Prize? Get out of here, man. Uh, that also, what, what, what else did that have? Is that it? Oh, that had uh, Barry White and Faith Evans doing a cover of My Everything. <laughs> yeah, right, 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 right. Because um, they, yeah, that was, that was prominently featured in the film. 
But uh, they they used the, they used the piss out of that uh that clearance. Barry Wright White gave them the okay. Well, because they they went to the ground. Yeah, they did. They did. Oh, I forgot about avenues. <laughs> I had that soundtrack, man. It's tough life, man. Um, but that that Black Robin uh, Puff song, No Way Out, was pretty dope too. I don't remember that, but all right, that was from the. I assume it was from the No Way Out sessions. Yeah, I mean it's called No Way Out, but right. Um, so right now we're at uh yeah, feels so good. So this song has not aged well. No, it didn't. I I know every word in this song, man. The song comes on and I I can't help but rap along to it. But it, you know what struck me? It kind of sounds like oddly a little too fast like i'm being real nitpicky but like it just feels rushed to me am i crazy i might be um yeah it's just like it's just weird the way that the like the sample and the beat sort of flow but you know I, this is this is like when you say shiny suit 1997 it should just be mace cheesing in front of the 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 neon lights from the video like that's the, sure um and yeah, I mean, come song, on, the Hollywood swinging sample, like, come on. And when I'm saying, and when this song was was down, was was peaking, this actually didn't go number one and went really close. Um, you know, in late '97, that's this is the peak of Shiny Suit, right? This is it. Yeah. I mean, there's some there's some glossy records after this that really do well for them, but this is it. It's, if if there was a uh, definitive Shiny Suit collection, this would be like track two. That that'd be a great. Uh, Mix. Uh, I'm gonna kill five minutes here. So I'm trying to think. Of the, what's the playlist for the definitive shiny suit collection? It's uh, can nobody oh. hold me down? More money, more problems. Um, it's this. It's uh, <clears throat> been around the world. Uh, do we include like the honey remix on this? I'm drawing total blank. No, because that was actually good. <laughs> oh, does shiny suit mean bad to you? Um. Well, no, and no, because all the records that you named, aside from been around the world, I liked. At well, the time. you could make it even better mix, which would be really super cheesy, cheesy eighty samples, which would, which would include stuff like Electric Avenues. Yeah, yeah, because um, that's what I'm thinking of. Like, we could also feature those, and then we could feature, you know, we trying to stay alive and Blue oh, Angels, or not Blue Angels, and yeah, like, oh, I keep thinking about Blue Angels. I have to watch that video. <laughs> <when> this is over. Because <laughs> you were you. Yo, on Twitter, you were throwing some Fuji's slander. Because I've never been a fan of the Fuji's. You don't like never. you don't like the score. No. Other than Fuji La. And and I was gonna rap over that for Snooze Button 3 until Wiz Khalifa and Juicy J and uh Lola Monroe decided to jump on what, it. Like really? You don't like cowboys? I do like cowboys. Okay. Just just making sure we're not totally do like crazy cowboys. here. No, 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 because Rod Digger and somebody else killed that verse. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, you're right. Alright. You're right. Cowboys is retarded. Just making sure. That album is not classic, but cause it it, people really love. I mean, but I listen. It's I guess it's classic in the sense that it's iconic. Yeah, but in that summer, because that's summer '95, right? It's '96. It's '96. At that time, I was listening to. Uh, oh. It's spring summer. It's really like spring. That spring in the end of summer. 96. Why do I feel like that Heather B album with all Glocks down and my kind of nigga was was out? Man, I don't even. Know. I didn't listen to Heather B. Man, Man. all Glocks down. Get out of here. Um, so right after Feel So Good, we've got What You Want. Yeah. I used to love this song. I, I used to be all right with this song. This held up pretty decently. Yeah. Um, Nasheem and Puff on the beat, obviously total on the hook. This was also really successful for Mace. This was like a top five single. Like, not, in, not just on the hip hop charts, but like on the billboard charts. 
Mm. And I hear it now, and I'm like, I mean, that's a cool single, but like, man, Bad Boy had it just on a lot. Um, a lot. Yeah, could not a, miss. This is a cool song. I mean, it's all right. It's not a bad single necessarily. Right. It's got kind of a weird, like, the beat's actually kind of weird now that I hear it. Um, yeah, I don't know. This one's all the, right. The, the classic um, Hitman scratches. They they were really, I was going to talk about that. How, you know what it was? I was playing a game where I was like, I was, I was trying to see if that was like a signature part of only one of their producer's beats. Like I, cause I, I, I would, uh, I would listen to these Ow. and I would try to like listen to it and pick out who produced what. You nerded all the way out on this. No, I super nerded out on this just because I think it really says like, to me, the story of Bad Boy is the story of the Hitman and their sound is defined by their producers as they go along. Sure. Um, and, sure this is definitely. Their, and this is their peak, right? 97, man. They have such a collection of producers. It's unbelievable. Um, but you notice, I think more than anything else, well, I don't know. I feel like this album started to have like, hey, it's like, yeah, Big had some outside producers, but I feel like Big was such a, he had such a stature that that was almost sort of, I don't want to say expected, but there was more outside producers on this than I might have expected. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like we were about to get into a Jermaine Dupri beat, and, <laughs> which is crazy. But, um, <laughs> you know, like the, uh, the Dane Grease beats and um, Neptunes, like, I don't know, you know, it was kind of weird at the time, like. Yeah, I mean, but again, like you said, everybody was kind of like, after Big and Pac died, like hip hop was really, okay, what do we do now? Well, and that's again, sort of, I mean, that is, I guess, really, that is Life After Death Influence, where there's producers like everywhere. Yeah. Um, everybody from Easy Mo B to Primo to KG yeah, to the Hitman yeah, to right, Havoc he, to RZA. I mean, that was crazy. Right. Because when you think about it during that, before then, that was the instance where you would only get you know, Nas's album was very rare in the sense of he had a bunch of producers on it. Like, that was unprecedented at the time. Yeah, it was. Other than that, for the most part, you would get, you know, your core team of producers and they would cultivate your sound. Well, and I mean, Nas's Illmatic, yes, he's got different producers and yes, there are some different sounds, but that's still a fairly cohesive sounding album. Sure. Right? Life After Death, you know, I wouldn't necessarily say that that is cohesive in the same way no 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 no. you're right it's not that was that was the thing where like they were picking different producers to get a different to bring a different element into the mix it's like i'm gonna go over here and get this this rizza beat because i need it to sound like rizza i don't need rizza to try to make something that sounds like a biggie beat you know right um right absolutely so next up we've got shocking it's an interlude from 1997 where someone's on the phone. Yo, they did it in times. Yeah, but it's so this, But this was classic, though. I, I guess it is, but I just can't really hear it. I don't know. It's so stereotypical. But that's okay because Cheat On You's up next, and I love this song. <laughs> Jay kills this song. He kills yeah. this beat. Yeah. Um, The hook is great. This is a surprisingly good Jermaine Dupri beat. I, I shouldn't say it because in 97, 98, he had a little moment there. Yeah, didn't um, this, but this set up the Little C's album, didn't it? Can someone didn't explain his verse it? from that? How did Little C? Why is Little C's on this and not Jada or even Cam, who's about to step up next? Nobody, nobody else is in the studio. Yeah, I, I'm sort of thinking that. Like, I kind of we kind of forget that exactly. We kind of forget like now where it's like, oh yeah, just shoot them the instrumental. Like they'll send you the MP3 the next day. Like it doesn't work like that. Right. You're not in the studio. You're not getting on. You know. Absolutely. Um. 
So C's, I don't really care so much about this, but like the hook is great. Um, Jay kills this. I, I like this beat a lot. I'm surprised this is th- this could have been a single. Yeah. Oh no, not so much. You don't think? No. So? And I, the only reason why I would, say, in retrospect, it would, but at this time, Jermaine Dupri's sound wasn't commercially viable yet. Like Jermaine Dupri was able to capitalize off of people being tired of the shiny suit era, but then building. Because, like I said whoa, yesterday, whoa. I was posting a lot of '90s records on Twitter. And I was listening to a lot of early, like, crisscross, Brad, like, Jermaine Escape. His whole, like, Jermaine Dupree bit off of Death Row so bad in the early social yeah. death days. Yeah, but then he but then he just started biting Bad Boy. I mean, are you... Yeah, that's what I'm, and that's what I was getting to. So, people get tired of the shiny suit era, and he kind of, like, 50 Cent Ja Rules it, where he takes it, and then he just kind of, like tweaks a knob left instead of right well not even that so there was the in my bed so so deaf remix yes right there was the always be my baby so so deaf remix yes right and then he's got this now and he's about to get into uh his album which was just like he was trying to be puff he had that saga was it called the saga continues saga continues yeah um and then he had of course money and thing which is super shiny like that that is shiny that is that is glossy, like to, you know. But that song's great. But um, yeah, that song's dope. But uh, nah, he, he he was a he was a his sound was. I mean, he was cool. Like his yeah, music. but it was in the it was in the latter stages of the shiny suit era. Like when he was popping, Puff was Puff and Bad Boy were kind of like on a slide. Well, we're gonna get yeah, we're we're gonna talk about that in a sec. Um, so we got Twenty Four Hours to Live next. You know what's funny? I don't know why. I'm just really about to give away like secrets and, and ideas. I don't know why this hasn't been redone and updated. I don't know why a bunch of young young cats haven't taken this beat and just just updated the concept because this is a classic posse cut. Did you listen to Mesa's second album? Yeah. They tried to redo. They they took this. They copied the song. Yeah, wasn't that what, what record was that? Was that uh, from scratch? Or? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. That no, song was cool. terrible. Yeah, you're saying, on it stuff, yeah. and stuff. My song, yeah. Um, <laughs> my song. Couldn't tell me nothing about my song in 1998. I thought he was... The way that cats fell about Papoose in 2005. <laughs> that's the way I <laughs> felt about nice, my song in 1999. Oh, man, that's funny. <laughs> um, so 24 Hours Live. Um, Classic. D-Dot and uh, Nasheen Merrick on the beat. Um, this, to me, this is like... I mean, this and 4321 was DMX kick, kicking the door in. Like, oh yeah, twenty four left. And so, yeah, man, listen. Yeah, um, I love the song. Holds up really well. Yeah, 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 yeah. I was listening to it last night. I'm like, yeah, this man, listen. <laughs> I didn't realize. Like, I always thought the record was dope. I'm like, yo, this record is really retarded. Like, they're all. This was a single. I know, but this is what I'm talking about. This is that balance. They had Benjamins as a single, man. Benjamins yeah. would never be a single. Not at all. That would be the warm-up single nowadays. The street single, right? Yeah, that would be the street. That would be the not, there's not even a street single the anymore. Warm-up it's like buzz single that you Yeah, go, it's the blog single. The, the blog, Hulk share single. The Hulk share. Oh man, don't tell me we've got the Hulk share single. Yeah, like you released the Hulk share single. That means my album, that means I'm working on my album oh, pretty much. Man. And then you drop something else afterwards. But I mean, yeah, come on man, like get out of here. So, Sucks. So next up we've got I yeah. Um, okay. <laughs> where is Mo? I just asked yesterday. Where is Monifa? I have no idea where Monifa is. I totally forgot all about Monifa. 
Yeah. What was that song? She, oh, I'm trying to she had two. She had I Miss You with yeah. Heavy D, and then she had Touch It. Touch It is what I'm thinking of. Yeah, Touch It was the biggest hit. Um, she wasn't a sex symbol, she was shape funny. <laughs> so uh, this is uh, Chucky Thompson, D Dot on the Beat. Um, so Call Me Crazy, this has a little bit, almost like some tempo influence, right? A little bit? On the uh, beat. Maybe maybe as far as the tempo and the bounce to it, but yeah, I, don't, I, don't I don't remember hearing anything like this at a R at a sort of an R and B ish thing from Bad Boy as up to this point. But it sort of yeah. makes sense. I mean, because you know Aaliyah and Genuine in '96 and then Missy mid '97. Like you know, you want to talk about changing how R and B sounds, man. Yeah, man. Throws them for a loop, which we're gonna hit, which we're gonna get to when we talk about Total's album later on. Um, yes. So after this, we got another interlude. Blah, blah, blah. And now we got two interesting songs at the end here. Yes. Um, Let's go. So, Wanna Hurt Mace. Yeah, we, um, blah, blah, blah. No, nah, classic hook. I love the hook on that song. Beat's kind of goofy at first. But it, it picks up quickly. I like this song. But let, let, let's, I want to argue with you about Jealous Guy. Yes. All right, listen. What, what, what is going on here? So... Remember when I talked about earlier about how people took the wrong lessons from life after death? Yes. You know, one of those lessons should not have been, wow, Player Hater was a great song. We should redo that. Um, let me tell you, this would have been a really funny 90-second interlude. Right? I'm with you for the first part of the song. I'm like, oh, this is kind of funky. This is kind of interesting. And then Puff starts to sing. I'm done. I'm just, listen. I don't know what was happening in the studio this day. I don't know why they thought this was a good idea. But again, should have been a 90-second interlude. Would have been real funny as an intro to a song or something like that. But as an actual song, you got to be kidding me, man. Now go ahead and defend this travesty. First off, it is a... You need to get a little close to the mic, man. I'm sorry. It is an interpretation of the classic Jealous Girl by New Edition. And that was also remade by another bad creation. Don't, 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 let's not, let's not even talk about ABC. Yeah. I I won't try to compare you to another bad little fad. Don't worry. I got you. Um, listen, listen, this song is so dope. (laughs) (laughs) It's one of those songs. It's just so bad that it's good. Yeah. I mean, just, it's obvious that it's obvious that they're just having fun with it. You know, the fact that it, the fact that, Puff and Mace can't sing, but then you really got, you know, Slim and, and Q in the background, like re- doing real vocals and harmonizing with it and turn to. Re- I mean, it's just funny, like, you know, laugh, you know, you know, look, you know what it is like? I can I can listen to Mace n- not sing well because his vocals already have like a little bit of that sing song quality, right? Sure. It's Puff that really just drives this off the cliff for me yeah like I got you. there's I, so bad it's good and then there's just like nah not no really like this is bad so yeah sure you take puff off this and it's just may singing and the 112 dudes being serious in the background all right it's funny but like puff really like i can't i can't handle him singing on this movie. just can't do it <sighs> and that ends the jealous guy slander Man, listen, that record is dope, man. I listened to it like three times last night. <laughs> Yo, I was making dinner. I was making chicken Alfredo. 
add a little bacon into it. And you were singing Jealous Guy. Yes, I was. Yes, I was. Pretty dope, man. Right. I'm about to play it when, it's, when the joint is yeah, over. Yeah, you do what you got to do. <laughs> um, <laughs> so bitter. <laughs> uh, I know. That's what's so funny. So so this album comes out 90, uh, like October 97. Feels So Good is the big like hit for the fall. Also dropping fall 97 was If You Think I'm Jiggy. Yes. So the album comes out like what January? January twenty eighth. They kind of like if I, you know, <clears throat> if I didn't know any better, I'd say Puff buried this album. Well, remember the source cover they had all four of them on the cover? No, I actually don't. Know. Yeah, it had Mace and the Locks on the cover. It was kind of like the Mace or the Locks were the contrast to Mace at the time because Mace was super, you know. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Dimples and da da da. So now you got these three ball headed dudes, you know, spitting these hard raps. Because, you know, and all the all the way that Puff had built the locks at that time yeah. was very street oriented. So they were, you know, all over clue tapes sure. and kick tapes and da 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 da. All of you didn't hear up until this point, you hadn't heard, which was why if you think I'm jiggy was so left field for them. Was all you heard them on was Benjamin's yeah. last day. Sure. Uh, niggas, well, I don't know if niggas had started something. You know, the original version Get At Me Dog, that was all four of them. That was the Locks and DMX. Oh, yeah? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And then they just, they turned that into the remix and then they just gave it to, to X for him. But that was originally just the Locks and DMX. You'll see, uh, again, the Funk Master Flex freestyle of a cream with Biggie, like, you hear them only on hard records. Yeah. So they were kind of like, he was, you know, it was almost like a month of the man, Red Man Met the Man, Most Deaf and Feral Monch. Like they kind of put them together and promote them at the same time. So now nah, I wouldn't necessarily say that they buried them. I would say that there just weren't enough singles. I don't know if at this point Puff really knew how to market and sell like really street oriented singles for one. And then number two, I don't think the market was really ready for that. Cause I think DMX kind of like broke down well, the walls. Of, no, go ahead. Go ahead. Sorry. No, I would say, I think he kind of broke down the walls of, you know, shiny suit, this, this, this that, and the third. Um, I just think that this album just didn't produce or didn't have anything on it that Puff could really get behind. Yeah. I mean, so this is a couple of things about this album, right? So if you think I'm Jiggy, that's a Dame Grease beat. Yeah. Which I never knew until now. I never really pulled the connection. So Dame Grease, you know, we talked about him a little bit, but, you know, he really makes his name on DMX's debut. Right? That's like his, yes. that's his state. That is like, you know, when they, you know, when they, anytime you ever see, you ever see a newspaper article, if anybody ever reads those anymore about Dame Grease, the hypothetical, like, what's the, what's the like first thing they're going to talk about? They're going to talk about him producing for DMX, right? So and that's stu- and that's stupid because I'm sorry. As much as he did, no, no, no. I agree with you. As okay. much as he did for uh, DMX's first album, who gets the credit? Well, that's a whole other thing, right? So Swiss gets a lot of credit, even though he's been doing it. anyway. Um, so you know, it's funny that if you think I'm Jiggy, of all people, comes from Dame Grease. Um, I don't, I don't want to necessarily go track by track on this album. Um, this album is not, 
don't know how I feel about this. So, yeah, Mace's album had problems. But the best songs on Mace's album are, with the exception of Money, Power, and Respect, way better than anything else on here. Like, I'm sure you're going to try to tell me I'm crazy, but listen. I wouldn't necessarily call you crazy. All right. Money, Power, Respect is by far the best song on this album, right? Sure. All right. Aside from that, there is nothing on this album nearly as good as, say, the best four songs off Mace's album. Mm, okay, four best songs on Mace's album are... Um, Wanna Act. Things Wanna Act, 24 Hours to Live. Yep. Cheat on um, You. Cheat on You, and... You could pick a single at that point. Okay. Feel, we'll just say Feel So Good. I mean, I would probably, well, yeah. I mean, I would even Or say, you pick look on, or you put looking at me. I like looking at me, yeah. So I would go with a money, power, respect. Money, power, respect. All for the love. Let's talk about that real quick. Actually, you make your list and we're going to come back to all for the love. I can't think of anything else. Yeah, I know. Well, how do you feel about, <laughs> I've heard some people will talk about how they really like, um, I'll say Chicks from Eastwick, but it's really. Which is from Eastwick. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, I'm saying like this album has some joints on it. I didn't remember this album sounding this good. I don't really. And I say that and, and I say that in a way where when I had this album, I didn't really like it. I don't so know. I went back and listened to it and I was like, oh, okay, this isn't as terrible as I remember it being. I don't know what happened to the Hitman because. So Life After Death is released March of 97. This album comes out. 10 months later and the same group of guys can't all of a sudden make beats. Like it's mind boggling to me. There's all sorts of Carlos Brody, Ashim Merrick, like all these dudes are, are all over records on here. And this stuff doesn't sound nearly as good as big stuff does. I have no, not even talking the shiny beats. I'm talking the, the quote unquote harder songs. Like what happens? Yeah. But you know, I mean, I don't know, budget, something, this you is know, the, they, they got the B they got the B beats. I mean, that's what I was gonna say. They got, did they get the C beats? It's I'm ser- right because you know Puff and Puff and Big got the A beats. Absolutely. And then what Mace gets the B beat? Well, that's crazy. That maybe the yeah, maybe the the low A high Bs. Maybe. And then you know the locks just get whatever was left. Yeah, because you know you still have to factor in. It was almost like how it's almost like a sweatshop. <laughs> yeah, like almost because you know you you're producing for Big yeah. Puff Mace. The Locks, Faith, 112, Total. Like, you know, at this time, Black Rob. Um, so, you know, like, that's a lot of work. Well, and don't forget, so they were when they were recording, when they went back and they finished Life After Death in fall of 96, they were also recording for Puff and Mace at that time. They knew that those were the two next albums they were, they were recording mm. for, right? They weren't recording for The Locks at that point. Right. So they don't mm. really get, I'm assuming, I mean, maybe someone can correct me, but I'm assuming they don't really get into recording for the Lax album until 97 when they're in full shiny suit mode. And don't forget, they're also being recruited to produce, they produce like almost half right. of LL Cool J's album. They right. produced like five tracks for Jay. They produced sure. almost, they produced most of Mariah's album. Like they were everywhere. So, sure. I mean, yeah, maybe they just ran out of beats to give. Yeah, it just burnt out. Um, or maybe, you know, the traditional instance of, you know, with Jada and Sheik and it's kind of proven that they just don't know how to pick beats. Well, that's the whole different story, right? You know, so we sort of give, you know, what's, well, yeah, I don't know. I mean, you'd, you'd want to say that just due to the experience around 
not even Puff, but just like his more <sighs> experienced producers who had been a and R who had, who had been a and R's on these albums with Puff. Like you'd think they could guide these guys, right? Sure. But who knows? I mean, if, I mean, when it comes down to it, you got to rap over. I mean, you, you, you sort of. I mean, yeah, you might be pointed in some directions, but I mean, you kind of pick what you rap on, right? Definitely. Yeah, I mean, but at this time, when you think about, also when you think about it, you know, first album, Puff is kind of a control freak. It might have been an instance where they make a dope record, and yeah, Puff is like, nah, y'all can't have that. I need that. Mm. So they're kind of just left over with trash or you know not as good records um yeah i'm just not really so real quick you you had mentioned all for the love yes at the time and don't let anybody ever tell you anybody differently right at the time this is this song was not liked this was not some people might have liked all for the love but it wasn't like oh this is crazy really no 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 oh no fam you think so I don't know, son. But you know, again, I wasn't in. I wasn't into the mixtapes. Like you know, at this time, I'm living in Colorado. I wasn't mixtapes either. But class. I mean, I, well, all right, maybe I'm wrong. Yeah, no, I mean, it, I, I couldn't. T- I'm saying I couldn't tell you because I wasn't around anybody else other than me who really knew who the locks was. Because if you Everybody think about, who Mace was. if you think about what Swiss does in '98, and yeah, he's got you know Rough Riders anthem, but for me. When I when I think Swiss '98, I really think about his records with Cam. I think about, um, I think about the uh, was it was, did he he didn't do Fantastic Four. He did um, oh man, I can't believe I'm black and I. I'm talking about classic. Uh, man, what is that song? DJ Clue, uh, Professional Volume One. Fantastic Four, Rough Riders Anthem. I'm, uh, I'm blacking out right now. Everyone's listening is yelling at the, is, is yelling at their speakers right now. Hold on, like it's a uh, like it's Price is Right. Yeah, exactly. That's exactly what's happening. Hold on, uh, I can't believe I'm going to Swiss's production discography. Four. Hold on, Banned from TV. Man, I'm crazy. That wasn't on. See, you threw me off because that wasn't on the Professional. It yeah, was it on was. Nori's first album. No, that wasn't was it? on the Professional. I know it was on nah. Nori's album, but I thought like the remix was on. No. Nah. All right. You're right. The Professional only had Rough Riders anthem. So what? Yes. I'm crazy. I'm going nuts. Um, so, <laughs> so yeah. So, you know, he does at least early, like earlier '98. He's got. Oh man, remember Glory? I love yes. Glory. What pulling that beat up too? Glory, yeah. That, yeah. Um, Even a uh, Good Morning America. That's not him. I know, but that was Dame Grease. That was that's not that wasn't Dame Grease. That is Dame Grease. That's what I'm saying. So Dame, so remember Dame sort of te- Dame Grease teaches Swiss beats how to make beats, basically, right? Yes. So yes. can we talk about Good Morning America for a second? This is like the song that time has forgotten. Yes. That beat is retarded. Crazy. And that comes on. I'm, I'm. It's all good. I have no idea. Well, I mean, aside from the fact that nobody cares about they were they were called the hot ones. Is that right? <laughs> yeah, <laughs> hot ones. But Cam's How, on the song. Yeah, Cam. What? What? That beat what is you, so crazy. What do you do? What do you do when you say, you know what? Hey, Doc, me, you should start a group. All right, cool. What should we call ourselves? I got it. The Hot Ones. But you know how is that any worse than Titty Boy? 
Because <laughs> I believe Titty Boy was given like this. This is the thing. Oh, you think you you, a, that that name was given to him by someone? Yeah, like if you have a nickname that is, if if you have a nickname that's like given to you as a child or by your friends or something like that, and it sticks with you, then that's fine. I don't have any problem with that. Maybe it's a funny story behind it. Whatever, whatever, whatever. But if you like, if he wakes up in the morning and says, "You know what? I'm gonna rap and call myself Titty Boy." No, it's a rap for you. Even Two Chains, even Nipsey Hussle. That's a bad name. Nipsey Russell? Are you serious? Um. Anyway, so hot locks. Yeah, hot. Yeah, hot ones. Good morning, America. I bought that cassette single because it was on. Wasn't it on like a Dame Grease album or something like that? Live from Lennox or something like that. Yeah. I never had that, but I used to watch that video on Rap City all the time. And listen. Ah. <laughs> uh, that and and he had and. He talked Swiss those same, um, like the little scratches right before the. the yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 That's. <laughs> You're thinking about how you want to rap over this right now, huh? Yeah, I've already got a dude. I've got, I've got just another case. I've got Good Morning America. I've got uh, Tracy Lee, the theme pulled up. I've got Keep Your Hands High pulled up, and I've got Wild for the Night pulled up. I'm going to be humming while I'm cleaning up my house after this <laughs> the show goes off. So, anyways, I'm so- rapping. So Swiss Beats doesn't really take off till later on, um, but Off of the Love holds up pretty well. Yes, it did actually, which is weird. Yeah, which is weird. I, I hear it on mixtapes all the time, like you know the '87 track "Best of Jadakiss" album or mixtapes that you know DJs seem to make every couple months that feature the exact same songs. I'm, I'm offended that I never made a best of uh, an '87 track "Best of." <laughs> No, you made a 300-track Best of Dipset, though. Listen, did I? I forget how long that Best of Dipset was. Edge on was long. I did. Uh, uh, no, my Biggie one was crazy long. So I need was your, uh, Biggie, your Biggie one. No, the J one's the one. The J one was Yeah, the J one was bananas. That was that two was like, discs. It was like yeah. hundreds of tracks. It's the biggest Adobe Audition file I've ever had in my life. Man, listen. Because everything was like sliced all together. You're like um, one verse. That's the only thing I hated about it. It was only one verse. Well. Like, I want to hear the second verse. Yeah, I know. Um. The worst part about that was this is great. So I did that, and then I totally forgot. Like I wasn't even thinking straight. And then uh, Superstar J, who I did the mixtape with, comes back to me. He's like, "Dog, I, I I need my drops put in." And I'm like, "Oh man, oh, oh he couldn't." Man. No, I, I I always put those drops in. I got a, I got a whole like folder full of like assorted Superstar J drops. You kidding me? <laughs> I mean, for that, I mean, he put my name on the cover. Like, I put that together, you know. I mean, yeah. you know, and then, I mean, he did his thing, but yeah, it's crazy. Superstar Jadra. Oh man, I was so mad at myself. I was like, oh man, come on. <sighs> but the uh, the big one was good. The Nas one. Remember the Nas one? Yeah, I think so. We got on MTV for that, man. That was good stuff. Um. Anyway, enough about so my ri- my ri- my ridiculous over the top best ofs. Um. Anything else you want to talk about from this album? Um, I liked, uh, yeah. And yeah, if everybody's listening, yeah, I'm kind of glossing over this album. This album is, I mean, obviously I don't like it as much as Armando's, but what's more important about this album to me is the reception that it gets, how the locks perceived the reception that they got and what that means to them going forward, which we're going to talk about. More, I think at the end of the podcast, like what happens to Bad Boy in '99? Yeah, right. Okay. I'll let you. I'll let you go in on the Let the Locks Go campaign and everything. Oh man, yeah. I'm I'm relying on you for that. Um, 
right. So, right. So early 98 from Bad Boy, you know, they, they come out with Money, Power, Respect, which is super dope. That was a video. That was, that was actually like a top 20 Billboard single for, for the locks. Um, yeah. Proving that, again, it's the balance, people. Yes. Um, you need the grimy with everything else. And then yes. looking at me and um, 24 Hours to Live, those are early 98 too, right? Sort of ride yes. now. That's like, that is the last little bits from the, all those 97 albums and early 98 albums from, uh, from Bad Boy. And then 98, like, it was such, at this point is when some of the backlash really happens, right? So mm-hmm. artists who had relied on these glossy Bad Boy beats in 97 were feeling a lot of heat from it. We talked about Jay, uh, L Cool J to a certain extent. Um, and then DMX comes out. And just totally destroys everything. I mean, and you know, look, I, his first album is not perfect, but it's, it's classic. classic. It's classic. Not perfect, but it's classic. Um, how's it going? How's it going down? The you, the video version. Yeah, with Faith, definitely. <sighs> video definitely. version. That's a great song, man. Yeah, but my favorite DMX song is "Stop Being Greedy." Yes. That beat. What a what a great what a great Diana Ross sample. Um, and going back to uh, grab that instrumental. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, man. You got to run a list, was... but but so DMX comes in and like really changes. Like it's him, and then remember the, that celebrated source cover where you had, you know, Silk the Shocker and Cannabis and oh man. Um, ninety eight was all about like okay we had the shiny suit and now everyone's sort of like ah I think we're I think uh, I mean. That's not to say there there weren't you know super pop like records that came out that that but the shiny suit era is over. When DMX yes. comes out, it is over. Um, you are gonna see some some glossy records, right? I mean, heck, Mace even had the Rugrats joint. Um, <laughs> oh man! And of course, shout out, to, shout out to cannabis. Shout out to Blinky Blink. Um, and uh, later on. In 99, which we're going to talk about a little bit, when he has the Holland World album, you know, obviously the I Really Like It disaster. Oh, um, man. Shout out to Just Blaze. And, uh... <laughs> man. <clears throat> that was terrible, yeah. Um, so, Bad Boy, aside from those first couple singles being in the year, they kind of take 98, from a rap perspective, they kind of take 1998 off. Yeah. And instead, they re-up on all their R&B acts. Yes. Right, so you got Faith's second album, you got yep. Total second album, and 112 yep. second album. Yep. Plus, they had the greatest hits, and they had the Jerome single. Somebody put out an APB on Jerome. If we could find out where Jerome is, didn't he tour. have? Didn't he have a remix that had a classic hip hop sample on it? What was that? Probably. Um, I can't even think of it. Oh, it was the "Too Much for Me" remix with Nori. <laughs> yeah, that just popped in my head. That song is great. Was it dope? Oh man, the "Too Much uh-huh. for Me" remix with Nori. Have to check it. What what classic beat did they take? I th- think that's um, T.O.N. That's not T.O.N. Um, oh, it's Bloody Money. <laughs> <laughs> that's what I need to find. Some War Report instrumentals. Yeah. Um, so, you want to talk about Faith's second album? Yeah. Um, as we talked about in last week's podcast, um, I love Faith's first album. Yes, you do. Uh, one of my favorite uh, albums of all time, personally, personal classic. And, um, you know, she 
basically didn't the first album was largely produced by Chucky Thompson. Yep. Chucky Thompson's not here. Nope. So a lot of it was Faith, actually. This album? Yeah, Faith produced a lot of it. Um, she handled like the executive producing, the arranging. Stevie J and Ron Lawrence are all over this. Yeah. Um, and so is Puff. Um, so, so, I mean, it was at this time, R&B was getting really a lot of R&B was starting to sound mundane and ran into each other. And we're going to get into what kind of broke the mold of that a little later. It's a little more obvious. But this is a, like a, a really solid, like a pretty good traditional R&B album. Yeah. Um, I don't like it as far as, you know, as a as a sequel or follow up to the first album. But, you know, all night long, like get out of here. All night long and love like this. Get out of here. Yeah. Th- to me, that's all. I mean, that's all I really need off this album. The rest of it. Uh, I don't know. Well, I liked I like Keep the Faith and I liked um, I like Caramel Kisses. Got a got a little, got a few got a few numbers to that. OK. Um, but yeah, you know, the rest of it, yeah, I mean, was never a big fan of Never Gonna Let You Go. That was the single. That was the yeah, uh, third single. Yeah, I'm cool off of that. They uh, Love Like This, that that single wrote out a while. Yeah. Love Like This was a huge hit for her. Huge hit. Um, All Night Long was pfft. Oh, man, I love that song so much. All Night Long was dope. Um, yeah, throw some skates on. And, uh, and what's really interesting is the second Total album. Yes. This is like the long lost undiscovered Missy Elliott second album apparently because she is all over this album. Yeah. Uh, we got we got a mocha sighting. <laughs> <laughs> um, what song was Mocha on? Oh man, I can't even think of this. Oh, she's got the she got that opening single. Um, it's gonna drive me crazy. It's um. What is the name of this song? Are the the female artists who are still listening to this are screaming at the screen right now? Yeah, yeah, they know what it is. Um, it, it was a remix to something too. Um, I know was she, the, she was on. She was on hit him with the heat. Was, 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 was it the was it the hit him with the heat? Oh, make it hot. That's what I'm make thinking. Make it hot. Yeah, exactly. I was just about yeah. to start rapping her opening lines, but um, yo, that might be kind of a dope yeah. I could do that whole that that song is <clears> dope. That song was dope. Um, so se- total second album, Kima, Keisha, and Pam. Um, what about us? It's a classic tempo beat. Um, yeah. You know, all I'm gonna say about this is, I was just shocked at how much tempo and Misty is on this. Yeah. Like half but the I, album. Yeah. I but why no is idea. Chucky Tom? But why is Chucky Thompson on this and not Faith? Man, I don't know. It's interesting. Chucky Thompson, you know, he dominates Bad Boy production credits in the mid '90s, and then he just sort of gets lost right yeah. around the time Stevie J comes in. Actually, I think Stevie yeah. J sort of takes his spot. Yeah. Um, but uh, anything else off anything off this that really caught your eye? Nah. Um, there were. I mean, I remember um, sitting home. I yeah. remember that. I remember that that video. Um, and of course, what about us was a huge. Um, Although apparently now Wikipedia lists a Bad Boy remix with Black Rob. Yes. I don't remember that. Yeah, because what about us was on the uh, uh, what soundtrack was that on? Yeah, I know what you mean. Um, I want to say it was the it wasn't the Sprung soundtrack. Hold on, what was it? It was on one of those really bad. There was a whole black. string. Uh, Soul Food. Get out of my face, man. That was on Soul Food. 
No, you're right. You're absolutely right. <laughs> no, I'm saying get out of my face. I remember that soundtrack. Oh, I forgot <sighs> Black people in your soul food. But um, yeah. So yeah, so I don't know why they didn't they ended up putting the remix on here and didn't put the original because that was possibly their biggest hit. Wow. The Soul Food soundtrack, I didn't realize how What About Us and it had In Due Time. Had In Due Time. It had uh, Drew Hill when I make it love no yeah, more. Yeah, wow. Yeah. So, uh, what else did I have? Had that Milestone song. I care, about, I care About You. Yeah. Oh, uh, had that terrible Don't Stop What You're Doing, Puff and Kim. Yeah. Oh, oh, right, we're just going <laughs> to. Um, so anything else you want to say about Kim and Keisha and Pam? Nah, we can go ahead and move on to uh, 112. So... I don't. I don't really like "Love Me." No, I don't think anybody does. But I'll say this: any anywhere saves this album for them. Definitely. Without that hit, this album isn't. Yeah. Um. Yeah, really. I mean, really. That's that. That song. I don't have much else I want to say about this album. Shout out to Lil Zane. <laughs> he had to say, "What was his single?" Oh, oh, calling me. Oh man! Calling me, call, yeah. That's it's just it's just terrible. Oh god! <laughs> yes. Oh man! All right. Um. So, what we what happens next is the 1999 disaster. Right. So the locks are unhappy. Yes. They orchestrate the let the locks go camping. Yes. Um. That was basically mixtapes, t-shirts, radio appearances. Anywhere they could say that they weren't happy with being on Bad Boy, they did it. So, you know, not only is Bad Boy taking a hit musically, because, I mean, you know, out of the three, out of Faith, Total and 112, 112 goes double platinum. But like you said, that's totally because of Anywhere. Um, For the most part, hip-hop-wise, Bad Boy is definitely in a, in a peculiar situation. So when you have your one of your artists, and at this time it wasn't really like getting jerked in the industry wasn't really known and accepted the way that it is now. A little bit. I mean, you had Q-Tip rapping about it in the early 90s. Yeah, I mean, had... but nowhere nowhere near to that degree. Sure, I mean, you it's know, not like it is now where everybody knows everything. But Yeah, everybody knows that everybody's pretty much, if you're a new artist, you're getting jerked. Uh, yeah, shout out to uh, the rumor that I heard that French Montana kept all his publishing with a bad boy deal. Yeah, right. Um, Puff doesn't let anything go anywhere. Not at all. He probably gave French Montana a 360 deal. And they and it's joint with Rick Ross. Yeah, right. Stench is making pennies off that deal. Yeah, I mean, um, the only way that you would go into a situation where you could keep your publishing like that is if you had like huge hits that you were delivering for that label. He, exactly. he He's not delivering a huge hit for bad boy right now. Not at all. All right. But yeah, so, you know, um, you know, mix it, like I was saying, mixtapes, all these different instances and let the likes go. So, you know, at this time, Rough Riders is popping. So they want to jump over and they want to go to Interscope and they want to be under the, under the Rough Riders umbrella because I believe, did Rough Riders manage them from Jump or? Yeah, yeah, they were always sort of, yeah. Like affiliate. That's why DMX was able to get on those records and stuff. So, you know, at this time, so they're done. Like they're they're totally silent. They're then you have Mace, and he drops uh 
Well, fir- first he has that Harlem World mess. Yeah. Um, which one of the more unfortunate videos you can possibly imagine. <laughs> um, and then in June, he drops Double Up. I I had never heard Double Up until this past week. Yeah. You you have never seen an album get so little promotion in your life. Yeah, but like, you know this was. Go, go ahead. ahead. No, go ahead. Go ahead. No, yeah. I was gonna say. I mean, this is Mace. Like he's a huge star. Yeah. You know, it's not quite the same thing, but I mean, imagine if like a week before you know Drake's last album comes out, he just disappears off the face of the planet. Like that's sure. what happened. Yeah, this was this was right during a time where I think it was whose church was it? Was it Creflo Dollar? I want to say it was Creflo Dollar's church. Um, he has one in I think he has one in New York. He was going to some some mega pastor's church or whatever, and him and Foxy Brown were going a lot. And I think Foxy tells the story of like him pretty much breaking down. I'm not, I haven't read his book. I heard his book is really good. Um, but he basically breaks down, gives his life to the Lord. But this is right at the time when Double Up is getting ready to come out. Yeah. So he's just like, you know what? I'm good. Um, I'm not going to promote this. I don't, you know. And even then, like when you listen to the album, maybe the tug was like before then, like during the recording process, because the album sounds really uninspired. So let me say this about the album. This album's terrible. It's horrible. And what's really interesting is this doesn't, you know, I talked about like lessons learned. Like if you heard this, you would never know that there was a shiny suit backlash. Yeah. It was such like, it's almost, it's like, it's like Puff wasn't paying attention at all to what happened in 1998. Like this is th- to me, this album is w- w- this is what would happen if like you got like knocked out, like got knocked in the head on on January 1st, 1998. You woke up, you know, spring of '99, and you're like, "Man, I need to make a bad imitation of what I heard in '97." So I'm just gonna. That's what this album sounds like. It's like they yeah. they learn nothing, and then the you know the hitmen are all over this. And it's pretty bad now. Granted, and I'm gonna, I'm just gonna slander one producer in particular. That sounds terrible, but uh, Darren, I'm sorry, David Prestige Vanderpool. Um, mm-hmm. Prestige, he did Sunshine. Um, his name is on a lot of my least favorite Bad Boy tracks. <laughs> now, I'm not gonna knock him necessarily because we all know, even if it's you know a lot of the, some of these guys, it was like Puff would go in and be like, "Yo, use these drums and take this sample and do whatever," and you produce sure. it. So, I mean, who knows? Maybe he was just like a skilled like dude on the MPC and whatever who Puff would say, all right, take this and do this and produce, you know, whatever. So I don't know whose fault it is, but when his name is on a track, you know it's going to be bad. Um, Like really, like there are some terrible stuff on here. I know you like that Get Ready song. Love Get Ready. I'm not even going to talk to you. Um, Love Get Ready. That song is bad. I mean, it's in the context of the rest of the album, I know why it was a lead single. Because most of this sure, stuff is yeah. terrible, yeah. Um, including I, there's so many people I want to blame for the song from scratch. Um, Mario <laughs> Winans should be ashamed of himself. <laughs> that song is so bad. It is the definition of like it, it's like, hey, remember 24 Hours to Live? Well, let's copy it. Like exactly, it's terrible. And another Mad Rapper interlude. Another Mad Rapper interlude. I have nothing good to say about this album. No, not at all. Other than I just have to, again, get ready is retarded. 
I, retarded. We're done. No, this record is retarded. That makes I mean that makes me want to put on the red denim uh, suits that Black Street had on in the video. Did you I own any? Did right you now. own any red denim in 1999? No, um, I didn't get onto. <laughs> I did own some, uh, I don't know if you remember Platinum Fubu. Remember Platinum Fubu was popping? They had the shiny gray that actually looked like platinum <laughs> materials. I had some shorts like that, some Rockerwear shorts. Oh, man. Man, you couldn't tell me nothing. The first, I think I wore those either the first or the second day of school. Couldn't tell me nothing. I- I had I had a white Rockerwear shirt, but it had like the Rockerwear logo, like in like that kind of like raised like stitching, like all in black. Yeah, oh man, you couldn't tell me nothing. Nothing. Um, all my my entire sophomore year, all I wore was Fubu. Wow, that's it. That's it. That's it's just one of those brand like you know it's like Fubu starter, just names that got ran into the ground and then you know peddled out to Middle America and it just got worse from there yeah that's it's a shame um so i i know you wanted to get to forever but i want to stop here um do you i do i need to stop here um i think this is a good dividing point so at this point in 99 so the locks have just left um mace 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 drops a stinker in harlem world he fi- discovers the Lord, renounces everything that he was sort of known for, drops a stinker. It's not like he – here's the thing, though. It's not like he left a classic album in his wake. You know, it's not like – it's not like it was it was full of classic him and beats or whatever. But here's, a, here's an album that is full of, like, D-grade shiny suit imitation beats. Like, sure. this is a cheap-sounding album. I mean, and again, even his rhymes were like really uninspired. So I think just overall, he just kind of like it was a contractual obligation. Even of, though he, it's a, he still a, puff albums before he left. I'm sure it's a very uninspiring album. Swan Swan song, yeah. And they total leaves after this. I think Total and Faith leave after this too. So things are looking pretty bleak for Bad Boy. Yeah. No, I think Faith stayed a little. Yeah, yeah, yeah. She had one more. Um, yeah, she had faithfully. Th- things are looking pretty, pretty, pretty bad for Bad Boy right now. Yeah. Um, but the, but they're about to oddly pick up again, and Bad Boy has a little bit of a mini renaissance, which we're going to talk about next week on Clock Radio. Can't stop, won't stop. Um, sorry, I had to cut it short. We we are at like two plus hours already. Um, and this is a good place to stop because the next album up is Puffs Forever, and I want to talk about that album. I want to get into. I don't want to gloss over that. Okay. Um. So we got a big uh, we got a big debut this Sunday, don't we? Yes, we do. Um, DPSRadio.com. Shout out to Rich Knight. Shout out to DJ O'Sharp. We are officially going to I don't know what you want to call. It. We're going to hit the airwaves, pretty much. Um, so before the Super Bowl, Super Bowl kicks off at what six thirty? Yep. So uh, every Sunday, starting this Sunday, uh, from four p.m. to six p.m. You'll be able to listen to Get Your Clock Radio Speakers Fix In. Uh, me and Doc will be there. Um, it'll be a totally, like like Doc said last week, it'll be a totally different format. Um, it'll be a good way to introduce some of your friends who, you know, may not be familiar with clock radio speakers. It'll be a good way to introduce them to some of the, uh, you know, the way that we do things. 
And uh, yeah, it's gonna be it's gonna be really, really, really dope. So you know, continue to support us and you know, spread the word and do all that stuff because this is basically your show. Um, you guys dictate a lot of the things that we talk about. You know, this bad boy podcast was because you guys asked for it. And we so. have. Uh, I hope y'all appreciate because we we clearly we have gone like we we have gone in. Um, yeah, I haven't listened to so much bad boy ever. Like, <laughs> yeah, man. Um, it's been enjoyable though. You know. It's been really like, for me, it's just so clarifying to go back and to sort of listen to stuff and sort of, you know, it confirms some of my memories and it totally shatters some other ones. Um, <laughs> right. <laughs> you know, and I, and I think that's, I think that's really useful, you know, so I hope you all appreciate this. Please hit us up on Twitter. Use the hashtag clock radio speakers. Uh, keep the conversation going. Hit us up. Let us know what you think. Um, talk about any and all things bad boy this week. Um, so next week we're going to finish off part, the last part, part three of our mega three-part uh, Bad Boy retrospective. You know, don't forget part one, Song Clack Radio Speakers. Um, and uh, as always, we appreciate it. Check us out on iTunes, Facebook, uh, you name it, we're there. Anything else, man? Nah, man. Um, Till next week. All right.